It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. X don't give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X don't deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door and spill. With the non-stop pop-up, stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make a motherfucker wonder if you did. Damn right, and I do it again. Cause I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I'll break who you sending me. You motherfuckers never want to know what your wife say. Bitch, and that's on a light day. I'm getting down. Your stare was holding. Red sheen skin was showing. Bitch, please. If the only thing you can't steal was I'm out the plate, stay out my way, motherfucker. Do we gonna rock? Do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? No, let it go. X gon' give it to ya. He gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya. He gon' give it to ya. Do we gonna rock? Do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? No, let it go. X gon' give it to ya. He gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya. Springdale, Arkansas wants to know what you did with the bunny Lisa Renna gave for your grandson. Oh, well, Lisa, hold on. I brought the bunny. Because I never gave it to my grandson. Because he didn't feel like it had good energy. Sorry. So I think what I should do is give it to you. And when you are in a better place, maybe you can give it back to me because right now I don't feel it was given to me with the right energy. And I was it's just been sitting there and I just, I couldn't give it to my grandson because I'm all about energy and positive things. Okay. And okay. So 
Would you like one of my crystals? Maybe it'll help heal you. No, I'm healed. I'm good. But I feel like maybe that could be given to somebody else and that you would mean it more and get better energy giving it to somebody else. You don't have to cry over it. So I just feel like, and I could have re-gifted it, but I felt like it was better to give it back to you. Because but I don't. Rena, she's still saying there's hope for the future uh, between the two of you. What do you think returning the know. bunny at the reunion means? Send it back in the mail. Mm -hmm. I bought it when I, was, I hadn't talked to her yet, and I don't really know, honestly, what's real and what's not with you. I don't. Well, I'd like to hear from her. I don't need to explain myself. Yes, you do need to explain yourself, Lisa Rinna. How dare you? Happy day after Easter, y'all. I had to I had to play that bunny clip because really that's that's my only connection to Easter now is I just think about about the bunny, you know, about about Kim giving Lisa Rinna the bunny back on the reunion. I mean, that is that's huge. Um, I hope everybody had a great day with their family. I am in Arizona with my family. We just are getting back from my sisters. What a lovely day of watching two kids that would rather be on technology, that's what they call it over there, than hang out with their extremely cool uncle. Uh, no, it was actually really fun. And it's, it's funny how kids, I don't know if your kids are like this, where they go in waves, like one's up and the other's down, and then the one's up and the other's down. It's weird. Like, they're never happy at the same time. It's fascinating, and I'm so happy I do not have a child of my own yet. Um, of course, before that, we had a mashup <clears throat> with Carly Rae Jepsen, who I adore. I, I think she is amazing, but also with DMX. And the reason I picked that is because uh, DMX is in critical condition, uh, critical condition at a hospital after another overdose. And uh, unfortunately, when they, they tried to save him, I know there was uh, no brain activity for a while before they got a pulse or something. He suffered a heart attack. Um, so his family is now at the I ICU and they have been told that it does not look hopeful. So, uh, if you've been, uh, inspired by DMX's music or, or any, you know, always send a, a good thought. That's just horrible. And it just reminds you like, man, drug addiction is just so, 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 so insane. It is just, and it, cause it's just. I don't know. You know, it's, 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 uh, I was thinking a lot about drug addiction actually on the drive back from Arizona, drive down to Arizona because Demi Lovato, uh, her album came out, um, on Friday. And I've talked about Demi Lovato a couple times on here because, you know, I'm a grown man and that, that, that totally works. But, uh, I talked about it last week on the, uh, the podcast. But her new album is, uh, it's interesting. It's very personal. Um, it, it was good. It was 19 songs. So I think that's a little bloated. You could tell she was, you know, trying to really kind of explain where she is at this point. But I even feel within that, it's still very confusing if you listen to the album. The album is called Dancing with the Devil, dot, 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 The Art of Starting Over. Now, you know, if you know me, you know I hate ellipses. So I'm already upset that she put an ellipses in the title. I was like, 
damn it, Demi, you could you you, you could have just did Dancing with the Devil. You didn't need the dot dot dot. The art of starting over. Nineteen tracks. Um, it, it guys. So you got. I also watched her YouTube series. Once again, I'm a grown man, and uh, I've watched three parts of it so far. The fourth part, I believe, comes out on Tuesday, and I believe that's when she's going to talk about Max Eric, that douchebag she was engaged to. Remember, you guys, she has a song about uh, Max on the album called 15 Minutes, which, of course, we can take to mean 15 Minutes of Fame. Uh, Andy Warhol uh, had a famous quote that said, Every person alive will one time get 15 minutes of fame. or And everybody's like, that's why you hear that all the time of somebody's thirsty for their 15 minutes or their 15 minutes is up, etc., etc. So Demi Lovato is only 28 years old. Uh, the track 15 Minutes is from People Magazine. Lovato sings about a breakup and the lyrics of the song have her loyal love addicts. Oh my God, is that what we call Lovato fans? Love addicts? Levat- I thought baddies was weird. Love addicts? Lovatics. Oh my God, Lovatics. Am I pronounced? Or was it Lovatics? Lovatics? I feel like we could come up with something better. Lovatics. And especially A T I C S kind of sounds like addicts, A D D I C T S, which we need to stay away from. Okay, so in the track, and by the way, People Magazine, wondering if the pop songstress is referencing her ex fiance and Max Eric. Do you think? Do you think? Yeah, we all know that's what she's referencing. Oh, my God. At one point in the track, Lovato sings, Praying in Malibu, praying in Malibu. How could you? How could you? Praying in Malibu, praying in Malibu. I hope it saved you. Now, that references, you guys, a very, uh, I believe, around November, maybe a little earlier than that, Max Eric, they broke up. And then remember, he went, because he was so thirsty for fame, that he went to the beach that he proposed to her on, and he called TMZ and tipped himself off and then he has shots of him praying and meditating on the beach it is one of the saddest moments in history and the max eric thing because the the heat i even created like a an instagram account called max eric is a douchebag i think or max eric is a dork and i just you know posted because i i was like this guy's a dickhead like he's like she broke up with you, dude. Don't, like, try to get so much fame from it. Like, that's so gross in so many ways. What's really cool, though, about time moving on, and this is not, this is not just for celebrities, is that people forget about you, you know? Like, we don't give a shit about Max Eric. It was just for that moment in time. And I think eventually, you know nature heals you move on like we do not have max eric in our life and i think this is really held up against like held against him but the song 15 minutes i think is one of the better tracks on the song um uh, on the whole album uh demi really didn't hold back on 15 minutes calling out that max fellow one user tweeted uh as another added demi telling max he has 15 minutes to pack it up because all he wanted was 15 minutes of fame Fans also noted that the iTunes editor's notes for the album, which showcase Lovato's thoughts on each of the tracks, features a short and simple explanation for 15 minutes. Crickets, Lovato said. Is that an answer? Wow. Powerful stuff. Demi says crickets. Lovato also sings about past lovers on her tracks, The Art of Starting Over and Lonely People. He was the cure. I was ready to be sure. So I let him deeper under the surface, deeper under the surface. But it didn't take long to realize that the woman in me does not cry for a man who is a boy 
and he does not deserve this. Man, I feel like I could do like beat poetry with Demi Lovato's songs. Oh my God, wouldn't that be amazing once we are able to go to like coffee shops again? I sign up for one of those like poetry slams and then I just use Demi Lovato songs. You're giving me a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> Welcome to your week, guys. Welcome to Monday. Let's do this. But overall, I, I thought the album was fascinating. It's like an hour long album. But I once again, I've, I've expressed this sentiment is that is this the best thing to put somebody like Demi Lovato through? When if you watch the documentary, she almost lost her life. She had, you know, four strokes, a heart attack, um, all of this stuff. And to put herself in this machine again of, of, of putting yourself out there and doing interviews. And she says she's Cali sober, which means she smokes weed and drinks a little wine. Like, is that the best? I mean, she's a 28-year-old woman. She can do whatever she wants. She can make the mistakes she wants. But is it... Is it the best thing for her? Because it just seems like she's not on solid ground. I, 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 and even if you listen to the album, it seems all over the place. Like not even just the length, but it even talks about her sexuality. Of like, if I want a guy, I want a guy. If I want a girl, I want a girl. And it's like that's a powerful statement. Yes, but also, do you ever think about this with music as you get older? You kind of listen to it, and you're like, oh. Oh, she's going through some things I went through in the 20s. You know, like there's no appeal for me. And I don't know if there would be appeal for a lot of like older people. But like I I was just curious if younger people or like her age, like think this music is like powerful. I think we I've just been around the block so much and I've I've seen I've heard music like this before, like messaging music and talking about addiction and and all of these scary things. I've, I've heard that done. And, and frankly, I've heard it done better. Um, but that could just be, once again, my opinion. And I really like Demi Lovato. I want her to succeed. I just I don't know everything about addiction. And, and by the way, I was going to say, if anybody I would be so curious to talk to an addiction specialist or somebody that is um, uh, that fights addiction and and you know hopefully is winning that battle. I would love their opinion on what they think of of this or, or what is the frame that we're supposed to use to talk about this because I feel like if she's putting her story out there so publicly and on an album which is at the end of the day a purpose to make money and she's going to eventually have to tour this year I would imagine that's a huge machine and if you watch the documentary what's made her slip last time was that she was doing a world tour it just seems like a really like why not get a couple years under your belt um I just wonder sometimes is it is it that you needed to do this, that you were called to do this, or that you needed to make money, you know? And because it's really good production value, I just, I, I think people like Scooter Braun, who uh, is also the manager of Demi Lovato, I would also be curious what his, um, what his whole thought pattern behind this is. Scooter Braun represents Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, Demi Lovato. In fact, he actually, this is huge news I just read about this weekend. It's not as public as I thought it would be. His uh, company, he sold his company this past week. So his company is uh, called Ithaca Holdings. And uh, BTS, the the very popular uh, pop group overseas, 
uh, BTS label owner Hybe, H-Y-B-E, merges with Scooter Braun's Ithaca holding for $1 billion. This was a $1 billion deal. So Hybe uh, took over uh, the subsidiary of Ithaca Holdings. They have a 100% stake in Ithaca Holdings and its properties, which include Scooter Braun Projects and management clients Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, among others, as well as Dun, 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 big machine label group. Now, if we know uh, anything, we know that Taylor Swift, her, her, the company was the that that's where all her past catalog went was big machine label group and that's where the fight really started to heat up with scooter braun and taylor swift because scooter bought this and her company didn't give her a chance to buy and now taylor swift is re-recording all of her uh catalog again to say screw you to scooter braun and i love that idea because i have a feeling every time scooter will try to license her music to a commercial or a shitty movie to make money Taylor will um, potentially sell it to them for a cheaper uh, a cheaper fee. And I actually have a really big Taylor Swift, um, I guess, uh, like a historian coming on this week who I'm very excited to talk Taylor Swift and the ins and outs of this deal because she also, we'll talk about this later in the week, Taylor Swift loves to do Da Vinci Code kind of release drops where you have to put together like, what does she mean? Like, I love the fact of Taylor Swift on the weekend going, how can I... How can I really put my fans' brains to use? Like, she has that kind of fan base. Like, I I love Taylor Swift, but I will not be doing a Taylor Swift puzzle. Like, I won't be doing a puzzle puzzle. So, Taylor Swift, I'm sorry. Like, I'll wait till all of your very smart—by the way, she has a very smart fan base. I'll wait till all your smart fans figure it out, and then I'll just read whatever it is. But— Pay attention to that $1 billion deal. That's a huge deal. Scooter Braun made a huge deal, and it's been picked up by like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and things like that, but it's not as... It's not as juicy or it's not as public as I thought it would be. Um, Speaking of one of his clients, we're just going around with Pop Culture Roundup before we get to our amazing guest. Um, Oh, I forgot. Um, So Sophie Ross is not here with us today. She already told it. Hey, she already put in for time off weeks in advance. Uh, She moved this weekend. So I'm talking to you Sunday night. Um, So we have Sarah Hare on uh, of Us Weekly editor and writer she's been on before and she's amazing we had the best conversation that goes in so many different directions and she's just great i'm so happy to have had her but i was cracking up sophie was tweeting and she in pure sophie fashion she already uh had a crush on one of the movers that she had hired and i saw that she was already tweeting at spectrum because it sounded like she was having some kind of cable issue. So that is somebody that you definitely don't want to go up against on Twitter. And I just loved that she was tweeting. It's like, you better get this fixed. I It was tickled to no end on top of her having a crush on one of the movers. Oh, okay. Well, I'll get to that in a sec. So anyways, uh, Justin Bieber, uh, our, our friend of the pod, <laughs> Justin Bieber, he, uh, he did something crazy. He shared a surprise new EP, Freedom. Um, it is, uh, he, he arrived just in time for Easter, features guest appearances from Tori Kelly, Beam, Brandon Love, Chandler Moore, Pink Sweats, Judah Smith, and Lauren Walters. Guys, I, I totally get that you might think I made up every one of those names. I have no clue who any of those people are. I could have been like Tori Keller, Beam, Furnace, uh, Sausage Peppers, Tickly Ivories, Ben Watson, Timmy, 
Lassie the Dog. Like, I don't know any of those names. Um, the new EP arrives shortly after the release of his new album, Justice, which I still have an album review I'm doing with my friend, which was followed a week later by a deluxe edition that included guest spots from Little Uzi Vert, Quavo, Jaden, and others. Man, what are we doing with... I mean, did all the good names get taken up in the previous decades? Like, we're now to the point where we're calling people Little Uzi Vert, Quavo... Jaden. And I know that's Jaden Smith, but it's like, Jaden. <laughs> Every time I think of Jaden Smith or like just him using Jaden as his name, I think Jaden exclamation, <laughs> Jaden exclamation point. So every time you think of like you, you hear Jaden go, Jaden exclamation point. I'm Jaden. <laughs> um, Bieber was recently sent a cease and desist letter from French duo Justice. Now, I love Justice. I know Justice. I worship the altar of Justice. One of the best uh, electro dance. Like, they're in the same genre to me as Daft Punk and just so amazing. But Justin or his people kind of stole Justice. The, The T is a cross. And that's kind of Justice's trademarked logo. And it is trademarked. And... Justice actually has an email from one of Justin Bieber's camp from like four months ago where they asked like, hey, can we work together on something? And then Justice wrote back and then they just dropped it. And then this album came out and it was pretty much Justice's logo. So anyways, I have not listened to this yet, but there is a surprise EP called Freedom. I wonder, I do have to wonder, this is another thing. This is where it gets tricky with pop stars. Demi Lovato released an album on Friday. It is Sunday. Justin Bieber released a surprise EP. They are both managed by Scooter Braun. You're like, oh, cool. He's really having a big weekend. No. Wouldn't you tell your biggest star um, that you have to that you cannot or Demi Lovato that you cannot release on this week because you're doing first week album sales and numbers And you don't want, you want him to like get away or have Demi get away so that we can be all about Demi or that we can all be about Justin. And now they're kind of sharing that spotlight. And I have to imagine, I mean, I just wonder how thought out this was because it seems like people are stepping on each other's toes and for Scooter to be the manager of both and to have this happen, I just think it is, it is wildly, um, I I think somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, anyways, that is interesting in the music music world. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Who Weekly, the podcast, they mentioned uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast, and Sophie Ross, and they, they, they pulled, they even played a clip of the podcast on Who Weekly, which is a huge podcast. I, w- I woke up to a lot of messages, and I get scared when I wake up to a lot of messages because I'm like, what did I do? I Did somebody, did I say something bad on the Kardashian recap I put out on Friday? Um, and it was great. They, everybody was just telling me that I was mentioned on Who Weekly. They played a clip. It was in regards to Sophie's story about Jimmy Fallon, and they really annihilated Jimmy Fallon. My second question was, once I heard that I was on it, I was like, did they make fun of me? Like, that's my sec- my that My mind, my horrible mind immediately goes, did they make fun of me? Okay. It's it's like that it's like that scene at the end of Forrest Gump when he meets his child for the first time and he's like, Jenny, is he is he is he smart? Like he that's his first like that was me when I who we I was like, oh, did they did they make fun of me, Jenny? 
<laughs> so they didn't, you know, um, I was so excited to be, and you know, what's cool about that is like a couple years ago when I started this, it was all like, I was, I didn't even realize Facebook groups existed or Instagram group, like, you know, and I was going through my divorce and it was like a really shitty time. And that's how I kind of got started with Facebook groups and all of this stuff. And the, I didn't listen to who weekly at the time. And, uh, but my friends, I had this good group of girlfriends. I still do, but we hung out a lot during that time period. Um, it was, uh, um, Amanda Hasica, uh, who, uh, runs the Disneyland foodies account. You got Laura Rasmussen and, and, uh, Shorty who have both been on the podcast. They run the Ramona facts account. Uh, you got Shauna in there that runs Shav's paper. Uh, she does beautiful wrapping paper. You got Lindsay in there who is just a beautiful person and has, and quite a green thumb, uh, but just an amazing crew of people. And we used to hang out all the time and they would always talk about who weekly. And I was like, wow, like that. And I listened to a couple episodes and it was awesome. And I don't listen to a lot of podcasts unless I have somebody on or just cause I, I really will. Even if you try, even if you say you're not going to, that stuff permeates your mind and you end up stealing it. I don't even think it's like purposeful. It just happens. I, I've heard it done time and time again. I've I've done it uh, before and I've realized after and it's just better that I don't. But it was so fucking cool, you guys. It was so, so cool. And, oh my God, and the podcast made Cosmopolitan, oh, the Instagram account made Cosmopolitan in an article about Jen Shaw I was sent today. And uh, so exciting. That was so cool. I mean, I'm a Cosmo guy through and through. <laughs> I've never I've never read Cosmo, but it's exciting because I know I know Cosmo like I know that that's a magazine that's popular and girls read. So it was very exciting. My I showed it to my uh, my parents and they all like I'm so excited about this stuff. And I showed my parents and my family at Easter and they were like, oh, <laughs> Cosmo. And I'm like, Jeez, and then I'm a I'm gonna be in something I think towards the end of the week, and it's a very reputable it's very reputable. But then they found something wrong with that already too. So it's you know it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. My advice to myself and to everybody out there is uh, it was a win for if any if something is a win for you, let it stay a win. Don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise because that's like this is awesome shit. Like I don't make a lot of money doing any of this, so. You guys, that kid in Kansas who I was growing up reading like Variety and Us Weekly and all that stuff, that kid would be so proud of this big kid. Like, no shit. Like, this is what I dreamt of. This is exactly it, of being mentioned in periodicals. And I'm not even, there's not an ounce of me being sarcastic in this. This is completely true. It is such an honor to read that kind of shit. And I'm just like, that is so cool that we have made this to a point where that kind of stuff can happen. So thank you. Wanted to share that victory with you. How are you guys? Did everybody, like, it was so intense being around with my family. I should call my mom in to say hello on the podcast. She's probably just eavesdropping outside the door. Um, So... Let me do a little, do we have time? Are you guys okay if this episode runs a little long? I just have so much to share. And also, oh, I was, my my friend Megan dialed into Jen Shaw's arraignment hearing on Friday and I, it got too late to be able to talk to her. So she will be on Tuesday along with another guest to do like a quick 10, 15 minute recap of what we all missed on Friday. Cause I overslept on Friday on Jen Shaw's arraignment. Also, at this point, like, when am I going to get it? I mean, I know I'm going to hear it from like 800 Bravo Instagram accounts. I mean, like, 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll find out what happened. And of course my friend Megan went in and she uh, agreed to be on. So we will find out personally from somebody on the call. I do know that on this call though, uh, like last time, the first one, they had a trouble, uh, muting everybody. Everybody had to mute themselves. And a lot of Bravo fans did this time. Everybody was automatically muted. So Right off the bat, technically, it is a better arrangement. It's a better meeting uh, for their arraignment than the first one. So, you guys, I get into Arizona, and it is like my my family. They, they mean everything to me, but it's it's you know you got to prep yourself. It's like it's like going on a plane. You know, you need to make sure you're you know you have your reading material, your snacks. You know, like your neck pillow. You're gonna you know like depending on the you know you just need to make sure you're ready. And that's like any time with your parents or anybody. You're like, okay, I'm going into battle. Let's do this because you know you're you're opening yourself up to a lot of questions about your life, um, a lot of just talking, a lot of listening. Listening is huge. A lot of, can you eat this? Can you eat that? Because you guys, I'm still on my diet. I couldn't fucking eat any deviled eggs today or ham. I had like a sad piece of turkey. I mean, that God bless my mom made and like a little sweet potato thing. But everybody else was having ham and like specialty drinks. And my dad, my dad had the nerve to go, oh, I'm disgustingly full. These deviled eggs, too many, too many of these he goes, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'll be honest. I'm uncomfortable. How about you be honest and shut up? How about that being honest? That's crazy. Like when somebody, I'm just like watching people and then the mashed potatoes got put in front of me and my sister just put like two huge butter sticks on top on these hot potatoes. And I'm like, oh my God, the butter's melting into the mashed potatoes, making them even better. And then she made these dilly bread. I guess it's like warm, like a dill and warm bread. I'm like, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. And I'm watching people shove their faces full of mashed potatoes and dilly bread and like, rah, 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 rah. like, uh, <laughs> um, and oh, then the topper. I love, I love a good carrot cake. My mom makes a fucking carrot cake. She makes a carrot cake. And it's like, I'm telling you, it is tall. It, feel, it looked like it was like six feet tall. And she put like these huge chocolate bunnies on the side. So like, it's like the kind of like huge chocolate bunnies you could pull off and that would be like a candy bar or something. It was, uh, it was huge. It was huge. And I had to watch all of the people enjoy this carrot cake and enjoy this meal. And I just sat there and I was drinking water drinking water with lemon, trying to spice things up for me. And I was just like, what is even going on? And then I was like, Ryan, just sit, just enjoy. These are the moments when you're older, you're going to be like, I wish I was fully present. And so I really tried to pay attention. And then I realized, oh my God, I do not like anybody in this room. (laughs) No, but you know what I'm saying? Do you ever do that when your family, you're like, okay, I got to remind myself to really be in this moment, be here, be here. And you're trying to ask the kids questions. Oh my God. Connor, who's been on the podcast, he has a, uh, uh, we go, he goes by the name Watermelon. And the, the story behind that is because the first, the second ever episode, I think of So Bad It's Good, he, I did an interview with my nephew because he's really just a special kid. Very uh, inventive, unique, funny. I cannot, and has gone through some troubles, but has worked past them. And it's just a really long road for him. And I just, I'm so proud of him. And he's just so creative. And he spent the entire, <laughs> the entire, the whole time I was there doing an Australian slash New Zealand accent, 
like wouldn't stop wouldn't stop like he was like in my mind i'm hearing new zealand he goes i'm even thinking in new zealand i'm doing it that's not even a good news you know but i i just love that i love that he's just walking around like just like i'm like yeah dude i'm like do a southern accent he's like nope only new zealand and it was you know what and and i did i i did something bad i i uh i audio taped uh him talking this way and i'm gonna play it for you guys um just because uh i'm that that uncle that i'm gonna play and i'm not supposed to have him on the podcast but you know what 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 are they gonna do (laughs) what is the fbi gonna arrest me like jen shaw well do you still do that do you still do a lot of things to fit in or do you no i mainly watch that i want to watch if I want to watch pet rock videos or watch the few pet rock Wait, there's videos. pet rock videos? A few, yeah. <laughs> do you do you have a do you do pet rock yeah, videos? I try. Um it's it's more complicated. Why? Because they have to move it's like stop motion anime. No, it's more of like tips on like how to take care of them. You know, like give them a bath and how to build a cage for them. It's mainly like twelve year old girls. But like yeah. Pet rocks are mainly a twelve year old girl thing? Yeah. On YouTube, at least. Oh, uh, did you tell them how you were um, fostering out the rocks? Yeah, um, I foster, I take rocks in the park, give them a bath, and then paint them. And, and you then, give them to girls in the park? No, no, no. I, get, I take rocks from the park, like grab them from the park. <laughs> then I take, I give the rocks home and bathe them and make them all clean from the dirt. Then I paint them. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I give them to my friends. I, well, I, I, I have a purple rock from you, I think. And they yeah. Them, like, we so. have foster rocks. We still have all I have a, I have two of your rocks. Yeah. Yeah. So of course I have to announce that uh, we will be selling limited edition so bad it's good pet rocks. It's only $1000 per rock and that value that goes straight to you, the consumer. I could be charging five to $10,000. No, I am not. But wouldn't it be funny if I did? I was like, hey, Connor, I need you to make, like, I need, you, I need you to stay up through the night. I need you to make 100 of these pet rocks. Paint them now and sign your little name. But isn't that crazy? Like, I just, I find it so interesting when kids start to get a personality and how, like, their mind works and takes things in and, like, who would if he's making pet rocks and like loaning them out to like girls and stuff like that? That's crazy. It, I mean, like fostering them out. Like, what kind of mind thinks that? It. it I don't know. I know that might sound completely weird, and I'm like, he's brilliant. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Okay, so Easter, and then, so I get in, and you know, I'm like, last night I get in and all that, and my my dad. This is hysterical. My dad goes to my sister's church now, but my mom goes like, so my mom's Catholic and my sister's Christian, I guess. I don't know what the flipping difference is here. You would think like, hey, do we believe in God? Let's just have one place for that. Um, But like, you know, my sister's like more like those, like the big churches where they like do rock music, you know, like to try to make it hip and stuff. And it seems cool, but it's very different than Catholic mass. Catholic mass is just an exercise and exercise. It's really like stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. So many movements evolved in a Catholic mass. And uh, guys, I'm a professional Catholic, so I can speak about this. So my dad goes, um, hey, he goes, hey, will you uh, will you go to your mom with church tomorrow? And then. I was like, well, what? Like, 
And he's like, well, I'm going to go to Kara's mass, and that way she doesn't have to go alone or something. Oh, no, no, no. He was like, well, I said I would go with your mom, but if you go, I can go to – and I'm like, Ugh. like uh, we're really we're, – we're, it's hysterical. We're, we're making arrangements about different churches. So I say I'll go with my mom. And also I'm like, but I don't usually go out in public – with the, you know, the virus and all that stuff. By the way, Arizona looks like it's completely open. They said it was socially distanced mask. I'm like only one of the only people wearing a flipping mask in this thing. Um, so anyways, the mask is, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there once again going, be in the moment, be with your mom. She really appreciates this. It's like the time I took my mom to see Michael Bolton because my dad wouldn't. This is We're in the exact same situation now where I'm now taking her to church. Like God is the new Michael Bolton, you know? And so we get there and I just, I haven't been to a Catholic mass in so long, but it all comes back to you. It comes back all those Sundays as a kid, you sat there bored out of your skull. But in my head, I'm like, okay, 45 minutes an hour, you can do this. Fucking mass turns out to be two hours long. Like these guys were really, I mean, like really just abusing the audience's privilege. I mean, just like, and I know it's like, it's not an audience. It's like, parishioners but i just thought it was so indulgent like everything was a song like literally the the priest said one thing you have the like he has risen and like there was a fucking bell solo like ding 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 i was like who is this for i mean is god up there clapping like i mean like oh keep the beat but it was it was just one of those things where i'm like we're not gonna ever get do we have lives to lead are we ever gonna get home and then I go up to take communion. So they do the host and they do the, you know, water into wine thing, magic, if you will. And I used to be an altar boy. So I used to prepare those, you know, for the priest. I don't want to brag, but I used to be an altar boy. Yeah, I wore a skirt. I don't care. Look great in it. Um, and so I'm getting up there and I'm trying to remember. It's all about, so I'm trying to remember which way you put the hand to get the, the Eucharist, the, the host. And I'm like, do I put my left on top of my right or my right on top of my left? And I'm wearing my mask because I'm around people. And then I get up to the pre, I'm, I'm seeing like other people passing out the communion and other people have their masks on. But I get, I get my turn. I get the priest priest. And they fucking make me take my mask off to get the, the, you, I'm like, is this like for real? Like, this is where we're at, where I, I can't get the, the communion without the, and then I tasted the communion and I was like, oh my God, carbs. Oh, this is good. Like immediately went off the anger from that and onto like, damn this. Like I, I used to be the weird kid or just, I just, I used to be the weird kid period, but I used to be the weird kid where I thought the host tasted great. I was like, why don't they, like, why does no chip company step up and make these republic consumption like could you think cool ranch host like nacho flavor hosts uh sour cream and onion hosts there's like a real there's a nice i don't know there's something there like the hosts are so good like i like i never did but there was one of those like i could steal a bag of hosts but i know you're not supposed to steal and stuff so so then the whole thing is just like you stand up you sit down you stand up you sit down and then it's like I'm like, oh, I have my phone here, but I can't really be on my phone. It was like a whole production. And there was another piece of that that I'll tell later in the week. I just need to make sure my parents aren't listening to the podcast so I can tell the the story, that, another story that happened. But um, 
it was a whole thing, you know. It was, uh, it, and also I gotta say, it was weird seeing people in public. And I, I keep seeing this, but it's like I saw a lot of people in public, and I saw one guy with, um, with one of those wallet phone phone holsters. Like he had a big phone and he had a holster on his belt that the phone would go into. And I, I was sitting there laughing. I was sitting there laughing, being an asshole to myself. Like, <laughs> look at this, look at this phone holster. Oh my God. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta get a shot of this. And I remembered like, do you guys, that's what we lost out with COVID. Remember all those Instagram stories where we would just pick a person in the crowd doing something stupid. And by the way, I, this is a horrible thing, but you'd be like, what's this guy doing? And then you, you would see that a lot on Instagram of like, look at this person. And I, I, I forget, like, we haven't done any of that because we haven't been around strangers that we can make fun of. So I, I, then I was like, no, we don't want to keep that habit going. But like for a minute, I was like, why does this seem eerily familiar? And I was like, oh, we all used to do that. We all used to look at people and then put them on Instagram. I'm like, look at this person eating his boogers. (laughs) It's crazy, right? Um, so anyways, it was great. God says, hi, everybody. He's a baddie. He, uh, he loves all of us. He says, um, oh, and one last thing I thought was really funny. Um, so they, the kids call, uh, technology, like they get technology hours where they can play like Roblox or Fortnite or any of the BS they're into. And Addison, my niece was like, she's like, she's getting very moody, you know, (laughs) she's a delight. And, uh, she actually said to her parents, she's like, Jesus rose, Jesus rose, so I should be able to use technology. I don't even know how that kind of even, but like, God bless her. She's right. Like Jesus did rise. Why are we not able to let my niece use technology? I mean, it seems like such a simple thing. Um, Okay. The final thing before we get to Sarah, sorry, this opening is so long, but uh, for those of you who really like the podcast, this is great. Um, the SAG Awards, SAG Awards uh, were given out tonight. Now, the SAG Awards is known last year for that beautiful moment when Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston touched hands backstage, and it was everybody was like, "Oh my God, they're going to get back together!" Like it was such a knowing touch. It was very, it was very. Can I get another look at you? Now, nah, see, my Bradley Cooper from A Star Is Born started to sound like Billy Bob Thornton from Sling Blade. Can I get mustard? Can I take another look at you? But like Brad, like they lightly touched hands, they embraced, and it was just like we were all writing that fan fiction in our mind, you know? So the SAG Awards 2021 complete list of nominees and winners. Let's go over this really quick, and then we'll be on to our amazing guest. Um, it was postponed from January 24th to March 14th due to the pandemic. Um, now, I'm a member of SAG, so I got to vote on these, and I got uh, a lot of these films. Did They send out – that's the – so how it works, you guys, is you have to pay SAG dues twice a year because it's a union. And you usually – you have to pay your November – I think it's like October dues – to be eligible to receive all the free screeners that they give out for movies and TV. And this year it was like, all these things are on Netflix that it's winning anyway. So it kind of ruins that. But in years past, you'd be like, always, you, you sometimes forget to pay your first dues, you know, cause you wanted to save money and then you'd have to pay it. But like, that's how they get their dues is they're like, we'll give you free movies before they're out of the theaters and you can watch them at home. And then my parents are always like, I want to watch them. So, 
Um, let's see here. Who is one? So outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role went to Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, we I figured that since he had passed away and it was a great piece of work. Uh, but I do got a, a Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal was amazing. Haven't seen The Father. I have that on uh, DVD. Gary Oldman for Mank and Steven Yeun for Minari. You know, all probably amazing. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role, leading role, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I got to watch it. It must be excellent. Um, and SAG Awards, just remember, we vote for them. The actors uh, vote for these. So these are these are a really nice uh, award. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role went to Daniel Kalua, Judas and the Black Messiah. And uh, he hosted Saturday Night Live last night. Um, his monologue, opening monologue, was great. Uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role, Yu Jung Yoon Minari. Um, I believe that was the grandmother in Minari. She was amazing. I was kind of hoping for Maria Bakalova from Borat. Uh, I thought she did an amazing job, but she did not get that. Uh, outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture, The Trial of the Chicago 7. That really was an amazing cast. Uh, outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble, Wonder Woman 1984. This will be the only award Wonder Woman will ever receive uh, for that. I didn't like that sequel at all. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a television movie or limited series mark ruffalo i know this much is true um outstanding performance by a female actor anna taylor joy the queen's gambit outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series justin ba- jason bateman ozark uh, outstanding performance by a female actor jillian anderson the crown outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy series jason sudeikis ted lasso and jason was wearing a my body my choice eleven hundred dollar um uh sweater um, he was known last time he wore a tie dyed sweater at the Golden Globe. So he is cleaning up for Ted Lasso. I got to say, guys, Ted Lasso is very charming. It really sneaks up on you. I highly recommend it. It takes two to three episodes to really get sucked in. And then you get it's so charming. It is so charming. You don't, I don't, yeah, I really got swept away on that. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a comedy series, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek. Amazing. Love Catherine O'Hara. Outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series, The Crown. Outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series, Schitt's Creek. Outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble, The Mandalorian. So that was the SAG Awards. But remember, you know, the, these awards, like that, these actually get voted by actors. And you do, you get free movies, you get to see this stuff. But you know, remember with the Golden Globes, they're voted on by like 81 critics and publicity is the way you get those awards. They used to do the same thing with the Oscars. And uh, there's actually a great book called Down and Dirty Pictures that talks about Harvey Weinstein, especially with his Oscar campaigns. Because remember, Shakespeare and Love beat out Saving Private Ryan at the uh, the Oscars one year when Saving Private Ryan was like favored to win. And then Shakespeare and Love beat that and it was a huge upset but that was harvey weinstein's movie so harvey weinstein like he hit the every year for the oscars it was like harvey weinstein's show he would whine he would dine he would go in to um sag screen actors guild retirement homes i'm not joking and wine and dine retired actors in nursing homes like that's how deep it went and I find this really fascinating is remember when Matt and Ben won best uh, screenplay for Goodwill Hunting? We all remember that or the picture like, Ma, look at us, you know, like really beautiful story. 
But this book, Down and Dirty Pictures, I believe it's by Peter Biskin. Don't quote me on that. But there was this part of it where it talks about Matt and Ben, you know, amazing story, amazing friendship. All of that is true. But Harvey is the guy that put money into their story. So Matt and Ben, like if you remember that year of Oscars, and I know a lot of you guys are young, so you might not, but they were everywhere. Matt and Ben were everywhere, really hitting the story of two out-of-work actors, hungry. You know, it was the best story ever because Harvey paid for that story. And it was true, but Harvey made sure there were billboards, there were ads. Everywhere you were looking, it was Matt and Ben. They were interviewed everywhere. They canvassed that payment and that, that, that pavement. And, you know, they ended up like... I think Harvey ended up spending something insane, like $10 million for the Oscar campaign for Goodwill Hunting. And in, in doing so, they he even further created Matt and Ben. Like Matt and Ben owe their careers, unfortunately, to Harvey Weinstein in a lot of ways. I mean, and of course, to Gus Van Zandt, the director, but like it, it, everything had to line up. But basically, Harvey paid to make them stars. I mean, they are stars. They did amazing work. But what I'm saying is that they... Harvey was the one that paid to distribute their image, to distribute their stories, to to give them a story. So when you thought of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck that year, you thought of this feel-good story about two out-of-work actors working together, writing the script at night after audition after audition, and just that Hollywood struggle. And they were both great-looking guys, which didn't hurt, both from Boston. It was like this beautiful story. But Harvey made sure every one of us knew that story. So he was selling us this story. He was selling us this feel-good story. Wouldn't this be amazing to see these two people win? And they did win. Um, so I always find that funny. Harvey Weinstein is just a bastard, horrible person. And I, uh, if you want to know, even I, I, I listened to the audiobook of catch and kill that Ronan Farrow, uh, expose on, uh, Harvey and, and a lot of, uh, other horrible men. And it was fascinating. I mean, he's just, just a horrid person. If you want to know more about that's actually a, a, a fascinating audiobook. Uh, I will say Ronan Farrow does worse accents than my nephew, he does a lot of accents in the book where it almost like, dude, you shouldn't be doing this. This is, you could just talk normally. You don't need to do an accent for everybody that has an accent. Um, uh, also, just in terms of awards, though, it's been such a hell of a year that it's like none of these, like these films are great, some of them, and the work is just, you always got to celebrate the work and these actors and all of that stuff. But it just, there's nothing in it for me this year. Like, I'll, I'll still watch them. Actually, the Oscars are on my birthday this year, which is horrifying. Like, I don't – somebody pointed that out, and I was like, oh, okay, well, okay. Um, but, you know, it's like there's no excite. You know, there's like – when's the last time you were excited for the Academy Awards? Like, that's another thing is that we have to sit through another award show that, like, is trying to figure it out in terms of COVID, in terms of the rules – and, and therefore, the movies didn't suffer. There's some amazing movies in there, but it's just not that excitement. And I think we're just all spiritually exhausted from the last year that we had. So I will be curious to what they, what they do, and of course, I will watch it. It's just one of those things that kind of feels like a footnote on a very, very, very weird time. So uh, you guys, are you ready to are you ready to party? I, we, we, we just already we went off, but now you're going to go off even further because we have a great, great guest. Sarah Huron is the editor editor and writer or one of the editors and writers of Us Weekly, you know, if you know me, I sing Us Weekly's praises 
on the daily. I get I geek out so much, and I tell Sarah I geek out so much about Us Weekly. Uh, so I was so happy that she filled in for Sophie this week because uh, I needed somebody of that caliber. I needed somebody that could go anywhere in terms of pop culture, and we do. We cover a lot of stuff. I hope you guys love it. This is the kind of conversation that I love to have because it really does. You have somebody that's like bringing up things that I bounce off of, and vice versa. And I know you guys at home or in your cars are, you know, you might know a little something of. So you're like, oh, I know about that, and there might be other stories where you're like. Oh, I don't know at all about that. Like it's, I just love those conversations. Say hi, mom. Hi. I can't wait to find out who the next guest is. Okay, mom. The next guest, uh, the, our guest today works for Us Weekly. The mag- Have you heard of Us Weekly? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good, right? It's, you know, her name is Sarah Huron. Say, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Huron. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Huron. Nice. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Monday, So Bad It's Good. Did everybody have a great weekend? Did everybody celebrate Easter? Did everybody find the eggs? I hope you guys did. But today, we have a huge egg of pop culture news coming at you uh, with one of my favorites. She was on uh, like a month or so ago, and I loved her so much, she had to come back because we 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 covered like 80 things in an hour and a half. So let's see what we can cover now. Uh, she is a writer and editor over at Us Weekly, and she is one of the hosts of Hot Hollywood, the podcast, and the Us Weekly podcast here for the right reasons. Sarah Heron. Sarah, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me again. I'm going to try to talk slower, but it's oh, very- Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I, was, I was listening back to that, and I was speaking 80 miles because I was so excited. I, you get, I get really excited, and I imagine this is what your job is like every day, where you're just excited every day to talk about these people. My biggest critique has always been I talk too fast, and I had one speech, like one teacher in college or professor tell me that it's not possible for someone to talk faster than someone else to listen, and I don't even know if that makes sense, but I just run with it, and I tell people that it's on <laughs> That's that. That's actually great. I'm going to always, I'll probably forget that, but I, <laughs> if I remember that, I would tell people that every day. Um, okay, so... We've had so many big stories this last week, or I don't know if I'm just convincing myself they're big stories, but overnight, we're recording this on Saturday because tomorrow's Easter, and I believe you said you're in your your parents' in your childhood bedroom. Is that right? This is not my childhood bedroom, but it's like where my parents moved all their stuff because they live in Florida half the time. So I'm with all my childhood stuff. So I'm like looking at my Pretty Little Liars books and my Gossip Girl DVDs and, you know, my clips. This is is the room where it happened, as they say in Hamilton. This is, uh, wow, this is everything. I'm trying to get like, is there any babysitter's club? Is there any? Um, we have, you know, Erica Jane's book I see back there, What Remains oh. by Carol Radswell somehow snuck in. Was um, it were those big childhood books for you? No, was I Carol don't know. Radswell's I book here. a big childhood book. Like, oh the God. OC on DVD, Buffy oh, on you, DVD. You've got to have that. Yeah. Um, the Princess Diaries books, all that stuff. Oh, perfect. So we we really we had the same uh youth bedrooms. I had all old, of that. <laughs> Wait, and did old you... people magazines? Did you have, um, I grew up around girls in Kansas on a street with all girls and I was the only guy and they always had their rooms plastered with like, uh, stuff torn from like us weekly. And like, I don't know what the, like tiger beat. I don't even know what magazines did you have that too? 
Where you posted Oh my God, everywhere? K14, Bop. My mom wouldn't let me, because I had wallpaper and she yeah. wouldn't let me like put things on the wall. So she made me frame everything. So it was even more ridiculous because I was making collages out of J14 magazine and it was like Cole Sprouse and like, I don't know, Mary Kate Nashley Olsen were in frames instead of just being plastered on my wall. It was absurd. <laughs> Cole Sprouse on your wall. Yeah. But how do you really, can you... How do you tell apart the Sprouse twins? Is there a, is there a easy and fast rule to do that? I actually was just checking my email and um, I had, a, there was paparazzi photos pitched of one of them to dye their hair blonde. So that's exciting news for everyone. I think it was Dylan and now Cole's the one on Riverdale with the dark hair. So at the so time how, I couldn't remember. How do people pitch you guys? Are they like, hey, guess who has blonde hair? Are you guys interested? Like, how Honestly, I wish I could share all the paparazzi pitches we get every day because they're like my favorite part of my job. There's just like all the photo agencies and they half the time they caption them with like clickbait and they're not even true. Like they'll be like, Chloe wearing the biggest ring ever. And it's like a ring she wears all the time. Like they try to get you to buy the pictures, but you have to be like smarter than that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I woke up overnight to the headline from your outlet, by the way, Us Weekly. It's breaking news, you guys. And I think we're all going to love, you know, when you hear this on Monday, you're going to realize it's been a good Easter weekend because it, it says Massimo Giannulli. I, I still don't know how to say his name. I and I just, right. I bet half of you guys are like, who? That's Lori Laughlin's husband who was involved in the college admission scandal. So he's released from prison. Lori Laughlin's quote, Easter surprise. Now <laughs> you guys got a, so this a source says, like, aren't sources supposed to say information? Are they supposed to put things like Easter surprise? Like, that's a really specific piece of information. Well, that might imply this source, you know, is close to Lori. Is is it the the YouTuber? Is it the YouTube daughter? Who's what's her name again? Olivia Jade. Olivia my, Jade. You know, is it Olivia? Is it Olivia Jade your Us Weekly uh, source? I freaking wish. Oh my god! No, this was a source, and then we also confirmed it with the jail and he's actually in like a halfway house now for the last three weeks of his sentence and he'll but he'll be able to be signed in and out wait 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 you confirmed with the jail where you were like will it be her easter surprise guys and they were like yes it will yes, be an the easter prison surprise. guards were talking about how massimo was bragging about you know you know easter and all that fun stuff <laughs> oh my god he's setting up wow. the egg as we speak well i mean how, i just imagine for that family like what do you do when it is easter you're like well Thank, thanks, God. We got the. Sorry about the whole lie thing that we did. We really, yeah. Um, so, okay. So everybody in the college admission scandal is out of. Well, these people are out of prison. And what's her name? Only served like seventeen days. William H Macy's Felicity. Felicity Eleven. Huffman, yeah. Eleven of fourteen. I believe. Eleven days. Yeah, that wasn't even enough time to get a prison body. You know. But it's unfortunate because. Lori's. I mean, Felicity's the only one we got to see in the jumpsuit. TMZ got photos of her in that khaki jumpsuit. We never got to see Lori or Massimo. I was ready. Was that you think it's like with TMZ? Is she like? Did she tip them off? She's like, I'm going to be in the yard around two thirty. If you can get a long lens, I'll be out there. Maybe Lori didn't go outside for that reason. I mean, yeah. they were at the same jail. Lori and Felicity went to the same jail, so everyone was probably waiting for it, but. Well, the only thing Lori Laughlin did come out with a teardrop tattoo, and I don't know what that means uh, when she exited prison. So Since she I came mean, out pissed because Olivia Jade went rogue and went on Red Table Talk. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that was one of the most uncomfortable interviews. Red Table Talk, you guys, is on a whole nother level that we need to do a whole special on Red, Red Table Talk because uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith got Will Smith to cry on, like, he's an actor. 
got him to cry about his personal life on a Facebook watch TV show. That show is a gift. It really is. And Olivia, did you guys get the clickbait this week from them? Um, I always, I actually don't think I did. What was this week? The, this week was um, Jada Pinkett Smith and Willow Smith admit oh. that they've been attracted to women in the past. And something about threesomes, right? They were talking about threesomes. Yeah, threesomes. But then Jada Pinkett Smith was like, well, that's not my preference, but I've appreciated, I think it was like, I've appreciated the curves of a woman before or something. <laughs> when you think about the fact that that show is her mother, Jada, and then her daughter, it's just like a wild dynamic that only they could really like pull off, I feel like. Yeah, that's the only reason. Like, I wonder if Willow ever has a child and it's a daughter, if the Red Table Talk gets inherited. It, I know? think it's a requirement. <laughs> I passed the Red Table Talk. So the other huge news, I guess, in terms of Bravo that we'll get to is, of course, a uh, new episode of Dallas this week, right? No, no. We had Jen the Shaw. Lockers, Stephanie's Lockers. <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie got a new house? You? Oh, no. Yeah, Stephanie's Lockers. Cam got a house. Steph got Cam a Cam got a house, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, have you... God, there's so much stuff. Okay, so keep on track. Jen Shaw got, a re- well, got charged with a bunch of charges. Now, how did that break for you guys? Did you know that was coming? Um I, this, this one, I'd had no idea. I got someone sent me, I can't remember who it was. Someone sent me the, like the press release with all of the like statements and stuff already. So I might, I think I was a little behind and I was like, oh my God. And then I was reading through it. And I mean, this, by the way, the statements from like the U S district attorney and stuff were sassy. And I loved that. That was amazing. I was like, these are well, like, my th- statements. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if the, uh, the attorney is like a talking head on next season of like, she yeah. doesn't know what she's talking about and she, we're going to show her, you know? I mean, the conversations on these, these virtual hearings were enough to, they, Wait, it did was you like, dialed, were you one of the people of course, dialed in? Of so, course, I was on so it, it was, I was like trying to get tickets for Coachella getting in there, uh, like, but it, Actually, I think it was only 300 people on Friday's phone call. And it was like 270 on uh, the the, the previous one, which is, it's a good number, but I feel like we could get it to 500. I feel like it, I feel like that's low, you know? I mean, I just, as I was on Lori and Massimo's hearing too, and that was a little bit harder to get on. Like I actually had to like prove that I was like a member of the press. And then that one automatically had you muted. Like I couldn't talk, not that I wanted to. Yeah, like what? So you guys, they had like people where like they had to, you had to manually put yourselves on mute. And I mean, I know me as a Bravo fan, I'm not like the brightest bulb anywhere. I would not be putting myself on mute. Like, and I would be yelling out like Baba Booey, like just yelling out things. What did you learn from being on the line? I mean, I know we've gotten a lot of reports, but was there anything that stuck out to you in any way? Well, the biggest thing was that for the second one, they did realize, okay, you log on, you're on mute. So that was good. At least that that was the one thing. There was technical difficulties, but no one was talking about Wendy Williams. Um, No, I mean, obviously Jen not owning her house, which was something we like pretty much knew. But We knew that. Well, well, I mean, that wasn't really, you guys, if you don't know this, uh, Jen's uh, Shaw Ski Chalet, where we saw her live this past season, was rented. It was not hers and she rented it for the show. I wonder now if that is is like, do you not buy houses with stolen money or something? Or do you just rent? Is there any kind of, I I don't know if there's, but anyways, what else? I just, it was like everything the lawyer was saying, it was just cracking me up because I feel like he didn't even really know her. Like when they were trying to describe the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and they called it like a news show, like everything was just kind of a shit show. I feel like for everyone involved. And even the, like the government was saying something and then they were all like fighting. No one was on the same page. And the judge was just like, 
what the hell? Like, okay, I'm putting you your $1 million bail. You have this much time to give me like as much as you have to or whatever. And then the lawyer was like, no, we need two weeks. And then the government was like, no, you don't. Like it was like very combative, but with an echo because the technology was horrible. So it was quite the journey. The judge was like, this is coming off like the reunion this year, huh guys? That's fighting. Um, So nobody knew uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City that was represented. I mean, they kind of made reference of it, but they weren't. uh, They definitely were confused about Jen Shaw and her her vibe. I mean, (laughs) isn't it? Isn't it insane that there is like the Southern District of New York and FBI and all that? They potentially now are watching Real Housewives shows like that's what boggles my mind is that if you work at the FBI you might have to watch full seasons of Real Housewives to get clues I mean between Erica and this and it's like have we learned nothing I just it blows my mind that these people are voluntarily going on reality television when they're scamming millions of hundreds of people out of millions of dollars I mean it's just I just want to know what the what the thought process is like is it all is it all just bravado? Is it all like, is, I mean, what, what is it that possesses somebody? And I know you can say greed and, and fame and things, but like, I want to know for each one, like, what are, are they thinking a similar thing of like, they'll never catch me. It's different. What I, and my other thought is like Jen Shaw then on her social media has continued to post, which is always, it's the best idea. You guys, it's one of the coolest things you can do if you're charged with a crime is continue to post and not it's totally normal and, and should be encouraged, but she's posting things. She posted reposts on her stories last night of uh, people that had made mo- like one girl wrote like free Jen Shaw on a shirt or something. It was like, um, Actually, I know that girl, Samira, and I think she was kind of joking, but Jen reposted it and it was like, thank you. You know, I know who my real uh, friends are. And then another one was uh, her reposting somebody that said, stop Asian hate. And I was like, oh my God, wait, what? Like I was, I, 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 cause I, uh, it very, very interesting what, why should she be posting? What is your, I mean, what, what's no, your opinion I mean, on this? Listen, people are obviously, I saw this. I don't know if this is true. It's confusing sometimes when people like repost like their DMs also with people. Cause sometimes you never know if you're like being trolled. And we had to deal with April Fool's Day this week, which was a whole other issue. But I also saw DMs someone had with her allegedly of her being like, it's not true. Like, help me clear my name. Like, she needs to get off the internet. Yeah. And, like get a better lawyer who knows who she is and plan out how she's going to try to spin this with the show, work with the show. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but I think it just goes to show how people really think they're untouchable and they can do whatever they want. Because the fact that you're going to voluntarily bring cameras into your home when you know that there's, even if you don't know the extent of what you're doing, which I'm sure she does, because like, whatever, you know, there's something shady going on. And it's not, we literally watched the situation. We watched Tracy Dice. We watched Abby Lee Miller. How many reality stars are we going to watch break the law and go to jail to not understand that you should avoid that at all costs. FBI reality show division. Like that's like, it's like picking fish in a barrel. It's like people, they should just FBI probably just watch any reality show now and know like, well, one of these guys, we know one of these guys at least did something. And what I learned through covering the college cheating scandal so closely about, and Rick Singer, their whole thing was, that was like the mastermind guy. Who yeah. Did you watch that Netflix uh, special? That was of cool. Yeah. Course. Oh my yeah. God. Of course. So he, uh, started working with the FBI and like tracked all of his clients so he could get a lesser sentence and he still hasn't been 
got done his sentence yet because he's not going to jail until every single one, they settle every single one of his client's cases. So he's like walking free right now until it's all done. Cause he helped the FBI. And when this came out that this scheme was like originally started in like 2012, and then they had a huge, they indicted like 10 people back in 2019 that weren't like famous people. So they didn't make headlines. I wonder who of them was like, let's get Jen Shaw. Now that the show's on TV. Yeah. Like, that's how they got it know? through another case. Yeah, it's always how it works. I want to know who was the one who was like, listen, watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We're going to get you a bigger name and give me a lesser sentence because that's how it works. It's it's a whole other show in itself. Yeah. So, I mean, would you would uh, you could pitch would it would an article potentially be pitched at us is like uh, Jen Shaw's Instagram post since uh, since her arraignment? Would that be an article? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, not without a doubt. That'll be are, an article. Are you kidding? Instagram is like the main news source these days, which I have a love hate relationship with. But whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, there's a bunch of other stories um, in terms of just small ones. Like um, this week uh, on Friday, we had Demi Lovato's new album come out. Um, now, Demi Lovato is the uh, to me the hardest working person that has had a. Uh, uh, you know, a huge, uh, almost near death experience due to her drug, uh, drug use, but she is using it in a positive way. And that's to make money for Demi Lovato and her team because she has released a new album on Friday. Um, and lead up to this album, um, was the, the, the album's called dancing with the devil, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she had her YouTube show. It's a four part series. Three parts have dropped already. I've watched all three parts. Um, what is your opinion on all of this? Because after watching the YouTube, the first three parts, I'm like, what, why are you doing any of this? You like, you can just chill. Like, please like rest up for like years. You're so young. Why uh, do you have a personal opinion about any of this? Yeah. I mean, I've watched it too. I think my biggest problem is it should have been a one part thing. I don't like that. This, these breaking up into 20 minute things, but I'm excited for the last part. I mean, I get sucked in and then it ends. Um, Demi Lovato. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they are artists will always imply like they need to, perform to live or write to live. So like, I get why she doesn't want to like go live on a farm and do nothing, but I feel as though she needs to go live on a farm and do nothing. Like, I mean, this can't be healthy. Well, and then it's like, I I think there is probably, this might be, uh, this might upset people, uh, but you know, people are like, it's brave. Her music video reenacts her overdose. And I'm like, you know, we're getting to a point. I don't know if that's brave. It just seems incredibly traumatizing to not only Demi, but like any of the friends that were involved. And it's like, I, she said something about she had the night she had overdosed that her dealer potentially assaulted her sexually. And then, she, you know, she relapsed after the hospital and after she had almost died, she relapsed at heroin again with the same dealer. But this time she had sex with him to take the power back. And I'm like, is this how power works? I'm like, I, I don't want to be an old fuddy duddy, but I was like, this sounds incredibly horrible all the way around no it's so sad and it's bizarre for that to be your brand but like I do get it because I guess people are going to talk about her anyway and this is her trying to take back now the narrative of the press because I remember when this all happened when she overdosed in 2018, we heard right away it was heroin. Like we had like a, a lot of details that were leaking out. And now that in, they were trying to deny it all at the time and like downplay it, like her management, like it wasn't heroin, whatever. And now it was 10 times worse than we all thought. So it was interesting the way that this damage control has now spun to her taking back the narrative and like owning it. But it's yeah. just a very slippery slope, I feel like, for that to be your brand. Like if that's what you're known for, it's what you're always gonna have to talk about. It's a never ending cycle. And I mean, I just feel like it's, I don't know. I hope the best for her, but I, I worry about her. Well, you don't want it to be like, uh, 
I was noticing like every near Thanksgiving, it would be the anniversary of JFK's death. And they would always have like a bunch, a string of documentaries of like JFK's murder. Did it really happen? You know? And it, and I would always, uh, always make the joke of like, wow, the JFK uh, documentaries are coming earlier and earlier each Thanksgiving season. And I think it's like the same with Demi Lovato where you're like, I feel like every three years I'm getting a relapse album from Demi Lovato. And every documentary, every single one, she says that everything she said in the last one was a lie. It was a lie. Was oh, it? Yes. When, what's going to happen in three more years? Is this all a lie? Like the whole time I was watching it, I was I was sitting with my, my friend and I was like, I this is all horrible. And all the stuff she was saying about Disney, like, of course I believe her, but it's just like, why now for the like everything is just very confusing and then you bring in scooter Braun, and i'm like i don't know how i'm supposed to feel about that guy like he's yeah so other- guys scooter Braun is her manager and of course scooter Braun is the one that's best friends with taylor swift no the he bought taylor swift's uh album rights so taylor has like a vendetta against scooter Braun, which i kind of support uh but scooter also represents jb justin biebs uh represents album, ariana grande I do really like the Justin. Uh, I do like Justice. I know a lot of people say it's like a retread in some ways, but I think it's a great retread. It's like very, it's very listenable. It does what it needs to do. I think it's yeah, very. Last time I was here, I feel like you asked me about it and I was like, I don't care. And I've been listening to Peaches on freaking. Peaches Reaches. is an amazing song. Uh, he does a great version of Peaches on that. I think Tiny Desk Concert, uh, NPR's Tiny Desk Concert you can find online. But the thing is, I, I mean, Justin, well, I mean, we'll get back to Demi, but like, do you like it's like weird that Scooter um, manages Demi, Ariana, and Justin? And like, there's an argument that can be made that they're the Mount Rushmore of a certain age of pop singers to the fact that I wonder if they get weird that Scooter represents, like, you know, it's like, I'm your pop star. Why are you hanging out with that pop star? Like, I wonder if they ever get uh, territory, like, you know. Yeah, that I mean, Ariana Grande has a song on the Demi album, and they he he said something in an interview about like one of the reasons he took the case or took the case took Demi on as a client was that's what he said. That's what he said. Case, um, was because Ariana Grande like hung out with her and was like, you know, she needs you. I don't know, Demi Lovato. Like, she's obviously so talented. Her voice is incredible, but like, none of there's a why hasn't she had that like pop star status? Like, she's not. She doesn't have like the success of like Selena, Ariana. Taylor and I feel but like maybe that's why she hired. I I got I get in trouble for this all the time. Is that I'm just not aware of Selena Gomez's music, or like I'm not aware that it's coming from her when I'm hearing it. Yeah. So I'm there, but I am weirdly aware of Demi Lovato, and I I know Selena is more successful because I've been told. Like I've been told she's one of the most streamed artists on YouTube of all time, and I'm like, are those Russian bots who's doing that? And then people assure me that she really is popular. And I'm like, I don't, I like, I know her and I know her from us weekly and dating Justin <laughs> and like all of that stuff. But like, I don't know her, know her. So like, if somebody would say like, I love Selena's earlier work, I would laugh. Or I would think you're talking Selena about the, the real Selena, Selena from uh, who's passed away. Yes. But uh, so Scooter Braun manages Demi. He shows up in this documentary. And like you said, she's like, I knew she needed me, you know, and I took a look at what you had going. And, and then, uh, and then it was like, she relapsed like a couple weeks later. He's like, Oh wow. A, re- a relapse. I was pretty soon since the last relapse. You know, okay. Like, and then I, so like did Scooter pitch, like, I've got a big idea. Let's use this. Let's use your inability to stay sober for our benefit here. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sad. It's, 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 sad, it's, it's a lot. Well, the comical part of it gets to the point where I don't think we've gotten to the, I think the fourth episode she'll talk about it is she is not, she's still not sober. She's Cali sober 
And Callie sober, we talked about on the show, guys, is means when you when you smoke some weed. But she also says she'll have a glass of wine or two. She's like, I'm not going to say I'm not like she supposedly, if you're to believe the YouTube documentary, uh, was legally blind for a while, lost um, hearing, lost like she had three strokes and a suffered a heart attack. At that age and with your voice, would you be doing like I could be a little Cali sober or I, I mean, I feel like that's a big sign of like, why don't I just drink water? You know, I know. I mean, she explained it as like with her eating disorder when she went all or nothing. It was it was Not. really hard and that triggered her. But I don't think it's the same thing. I mean, I'm no sober. It could be like a point water. system, like Weight Watchers, like you can have a little weed at the end of the day. That's kind of how she explains one it. One line of cocaine. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then she also, that before the big relapse, that's what she said started. Like she was partying casually and then it introduced the harder drugs and was doing drugs she had never even done before. So with the whole thing just makes me like a little uneasy, but again, I'm no sobriety expert or mental. This is her journey, but she's also showing it to us. So it's, it's a weird one. You never know how to comment on stuff like this because it's so personal. But that's also, exactly, you're see, that's, it's your brand. That's <laughs> it exactly. I mean, I don't like, you know, I feel so it's very hard to talk about any kind of sobriety or drug issues because it is so personal, which still shocks me to this day that we had a celebrity rehab show on like that. I mean, I watched every single season of it and to this day, it should be illegal that that even happened, but it is so personal that I, you know, it's like, I don't know what you can make fun of. Like, when is it all right to tell a person with a drug or alcohol problem that it's like, well, it's bordering on like people potentially not understanding what you're talking about and thinking you're just making things up because you say you lie every time. Like where, I mean, are we even allowed to say things like this or does everybody have to take Demi's story always at face value and like, wow, she's figured it out this time, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's that's the danger of making it your brand. It reminds I mean, does Us Weekly have a uh, a rule for this? Do they do they have to stand by whatever Demi says, or can they yeah, I mean, editorialize anything? We don't. I mean, we don't editorialize, <laughs> editorialize too much anyway. Obviously, <laughs> on like podcasts and stuff. I got um in trouble. Someone just DM'd me something mean about something I said about Pete Davidson potentially dating the Bridgerton girl. I don't know. I told her to run away, and I guess that was offensive. So I get in trouble all the time. I try to. You oh know, my god! I got I've got a lot of people that like because I said to Pete Davidson to leave girls alone. And cause I read the, the Bridgerton thing and girls really stick up for that guy. He's got a, he's got like a Kanye fan base. Yeah. They were implying that because I said that, like, because Pete Davidson has been open about his own mental health struggles that like people with mental health struggles can't date. And I'm like, that's not what I was saying. I was saying no, it's just that he's dating every young girl in the whole United States and now Brit now England. Like, I mean, that's, that's what it is. Not his. Any- of course. God. But you know, people list people hear what they want to hear. So every once in a while I'll get in trouble. I'm sure you do too. But I, I try to talk about things with sensitivity, but also with humor. But it's 2021. We have to remember that. Wait, what is the Bridgerton uh star's name? Phoebe Diner or something? Uh, yeah. Diner. It would be uh, funny Diner. if she it would be funny if she broke up with Pete because of you. She's like, <laughs> yeah, Sarah, right? Sarah told me to run away. So I did. Because she is listening, because Pete is listening. I mean, please. <laughs> yeah. It would be fascinating if Pete was like a really big like Us Weekly podcast head. And he's like, I listen to Hot Hollywood and For the Right Reasons is a big one for me, too. Big bachelor uh, guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, this was like a little, little, little story that came up this week that I thought was just a tiny thing that was interesting was Justin Timberlake was completely unaware that his former manager, Johnny Wright, urged Janet Jackson to forgive the star over their now infamous 2004 Super Bowl performance. And that was just like, I love the Daily Mail when they'll take just like the tiniest of 
Like this was a nothing story as Johnny Wright left a comment on Janet Jackson's Instagram post where she had said like, God tells people to forgive. And Johnny was like, why don't you forgive the King of pop JB, you know? And uh, so that story came out. And then, then there was a story that came out that this story where it was like, Justin Timberlake was unaware of manager's Instagram comment. Like, why would he be aware of it? I mean, it's, it's, it's hysterical, but I love that this was a news item. I mean, that's the thing. It's like everything happens on Instagram, but then you have to get sources to like break down the Instagram. So you get some like exclusivity out of it because you can't just cite Instagram all day. So that's what we're dealing with now. That's how this shit happens. Yeah. So Janet said, you know, urged her followers to always choose to heal, not to hurt and to forgive, not to despise. And his exact comment was, you should take this advice and to and to and apply it to your relationship with Justin. Oh, my, I mean, good for the manager. Really that's, a, there. that's a manager that really stands. I mean, could would a Scooter Braun do something like that? Would a Scooter Braun? Um, do you guys do you remember hearing that rumor that went around this summer or that Scooter Braun was hooking up with Erica Jane, allegedly? Oh, my God. That was bizarre because they were neighbors. Yeah. I mean, well, it was it was a Dumois post. And then it would no, it was like, but they didn't say who it was. But then it turned out to be him. But like that just. I just don't like there was a rumor, you guys, that like they had met at an underground sex club, which is like underground sex clubs still exist during COVID. First off. Secondly, I mean, no offense to Scooter or Erica, like Erica tries to paint herself out as like a sex pot, but she kind of doesn't come off like somebody that I it feels like enjoys sex. So a sex club would be hard. I would be hard pressed to like picture her there and like full glam and stuff. And then you have Scooter's wife, Yael, who's like always clapping back for him. She's like, yes. the manager, and she does more of the clapping back than Scooter does because she was all over the Taylor stuff. And I listened to a podcast with Scooter and I believe he invoked the name of the Lord and stuff like that. And I know anybody that would do that would never do anything weird, like go to a sex club or that. That means that nothing oh, weird no. would happen. Carl Lenz, very pure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> have we got any updates on Justin Bieber's ex-pastor? I know he's living in New York now, I believe. Yeah, I think I saw a picture of him not that long ago, but I don't think, I think he's trying to lay low. I think they're working on their marriage, you know, tales old as time. It's Easter. I'm sure they're close to the Lord right now. Maybe there's an Easter surprise for them, not just the Giannulli's Massimo's. Um, I knew you were going to love that Easter surprise. It really was. It was, it was such so beautiful. I was like, why do we know it? I was like, as us as a reader, when you wake up and you read that, are we supposed to go, oh, that is nice. It's going to be Easter. That is, like, are we supposed to be like, Good for them. The family served their time. Like I always love to know what the intent of, and I don't think there has to be like intent on like what they want readers to feel, but I ever do wonder if it is thought about of like, we want to take the reader through a journey of, of Snooki's looks through the years and have it, you know, cause you guys do a lot of through the years posts, which I love. Mm-hmm. Those are fun. Well, I mean, it's all about the headline. And... Where are they now? Posts are great for you guys. Oh my God. They take so freaking long. Half the time the answer is we don't know where they are, but here is a fun <laughs> for nostalgia. Those are, those are a journey, but every once in a while you do find something really good. Like you'll uncover someone's Instagram or like find out something. Like I remember I did like a Vanderpump Rules people who like aren't on the show anymore. This was before everyone was fired. Um, and I found like the GoFundMe for someone who was like stabbed. I can't remember who it was now. So I'm like ruining the story. So that was a good, where are they now? That was juicy. That no, one. and it was obviously sad, but I was like, wait, what did I just find? So every once in a while you find something. Other times it's like nothing. And then the best is when like the where are they now person like reposts it. Like I think like Jeremy from Sir like followed me on Instagram and like oh, reposted the where are they now? <laughs> 
Yeah, the where are they now? You guys should actually do an article where are they now, but you don't know where they are. So you're trying to get like readers to like, where are they now? And you can have the box of them younger and then the second box would be a big question mark and go, we don't know. Can you guys help find it? And that would be a good way to get, get, get Sometimes they get involved. offended by them. Like Steven from Summer House, like slid into my DMs and like wasn't happy. I'm here. What, what do you mean? Where am I now? I'm the yeah. same place I've always been. And then he unsent Amazing. it. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um. Speaking of uh, Jeremy Maddox from Vanderpump Rules, uh, Jax Taylor this week, it's come out. Uh, I don't like we've seen the papers. I know papers can be doctored and Jax will probably say these papers were CGI by George Lucas or something. But uh, Jax supposedly owes one point two million dollars and there is a tax lien against his Valley Village house. Um, and he went on Instagram live and said it was, a uh, his old bookkeeper was, which a bookkeeper, like, what, what are you like this 1940s? Like his bookkeeper, he goes, you want to get a good bookkeeper? I didn't get a good one and easy fix, easy fix. Do you know anything about this story? Is it, is it a story that came across your desk? I read the sun story and I saw the documents. I mean, the sun, I know some people who work at the sun who used to work at um, American media who owns us weekly or a three sixty whatever. Um, and they're really good at digging up court documents that people don't know like where to find. So I believe that they're real. I don't think they're altered. I haven't gotten my hands on them myself. Like we haven't confirmed it. So I don't know much, but I mean, it's Jack's like, obviously we, we are inclined to believe there's something sketchy happening. here. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, and does us weekly, are you, are you guys, are you allowed to print stories like that about Jack's or is it like, are you guys in the big Vanderpump rules pocket where you're like, gotta be nice to Vanderpump rules. Cast? Oh no, we don't have to be nice to them. No, it's all it's, we don't have to be, you don't have to be, it's all just the going to comment of it all. So it's not so much as like we favor certain celebrities or, you know, Jack's or anything. Of course, like if you do have like a wedding exclusive, you might be treading on, you know, then you don't want to upset someone. Or if you have them booked yeah. for an interview, you might, you know, not want to post the mean source quote that day, but it's really just about giving them a chance to respond. So a lot of times if us weekly or people, whoever E like a bigger outlet is late on something, it's probably because they have been advised to give whoever the person in question is 24 hours to respond. If that makes sense. Gotcha. You have 24 hours to respond. Okay. Got it. Um, or like a deadline, or if you have a, if you have a good relationship with their rep or the person, like, I don't know, everyone's different. So it's like, you can't like generalize, but the sun or like daily mail are pretty savage with just going for it. I don't think they necessarily wait there. Yeah. yeah. On <laughs> Monday, will you guys do a, how the stars celebrated Easter? Article? I have to work part of Sunday. So you'll probably see my, that'll probably already be up there with my name. Well, Cause on I'm it. saying you got to look for Jax's post on that day. Cause he's always posting like purple hearts and emojis the and, heart stuff. and, the, and, the and like he'll do God stuff. So I bet it's a big, I bet he's, he'll probably celebrate from his pool. Like he always loves to post his pool with the snacks he's having and stuff. I can't wait um, for that baby to come. I really, it's got it. It's literally got to be any day now like it yeah. honestly it feels it looks like it's already here um chloe kardashian sets temperatures soaring as she shows off her very taut figure in a purple string bikini now this is a daily mail heart article sarah i don't want you to get jealous of the verbiage used but they always go a they'll do a set temperatures soaring uh, article at least two times to three times a week uh and it's usually about the kardashians Kim set temperatures soaring earlier this week in a outfit. So they're not even, I feel like they're using this so wildly. They're, they're using it all over the place where people are starting to catch on. They'll also do uh, a lot of taut tummies. They'll oh. use the, they'll use the phrase taut tummies. They're like Kylie Jenner's taut tummy goes for a workout. Oh, 
It's like very, I'm just saying like daily mail, if you want to like have your own thing, that's what they do. Top tummies and temperature soaring. Um, Good for Chloe. But speaking of the Kardashians, any, are you following keeping up with the Kardashians this season? Of course. They did a Spartan race this past week, you guys. And it was fascinating. It was between the Kardashians and the Jenners, but then Kylie had to drop out. So it was only one Jenner and then two, and then uh, Chloe and Courtney. Yeah, Kim had to drop out too because of knee issues and they had set up like a whole Spartan, like that's when you know it's like we're rich, rich people. They set up the whole Spartan race with actual inflatables with branding on it in their backyard for a race that three people uh, won. And it was a perfect opportunity to bring Caitlyn back because Caitlyn's like a, a Olympian. She didn't come back. Like it is, this episode was chock full of fake storylines. You had uh cory this was the most disgusting one cory and chris cory gamble and chris jenner um courtney was writing an in-depth exclusive for goop about celibacy and so she was going undercut she was getting chris and cory to not have sex with each other for two weeks for her article and by the way when do you realize when courtney's writing for articles like she just has a notepad like aren't you supposed to use a computer like i don't think poosh actually exists i think people tell poosh i think it's like when i did like a neighborhood newsletter when i was like seven years old that's what poosh is she's always just like i'm working on something and then it's like you can see it's like courtney's courtney's journal for work stay out um but basically it was like, Corey's like, I love to have sex with you all day, every day. That booty is mine. And that it was just so fake. It was this, this whole season so far, I feel like it's been a rough thing because Chloe doesn't want to talk about Tristan anymore. And Kim doesn't want to talk about Kanye, but all the last two seasons were them shitting on Courtney for not wanting to talk about her life. So now we're pretending pretending that Courtney and Scott might get back together to just like play with our emotions. Cause I'm a, I'm a squirt stand myself. Just like Kendall. So is Kendall. Kendall said, yeah, she's a squirt stand. She, she lives her truth. She said. Yeah. And it's just been, I saw a TikTok that was like, I can't talk in front of the cameras, but, and then it's like, well, I can't talk in front of the camera. It was, it's, it's, I guess it's a sign that the show really didn't need to end. Cause when I found out it was ending, I was low-key upset. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a dumb move, but this season has been, pretty pretty bad yeah it's like put it out of its misery like if you're not like i there was a potential thing where i thought they were going to do a kardashian's new class with like mason and uh addison ray well well guys addison ray comes to the show this week and that is see that's what they always do to trick you where you're like okay well i do want to see what that addison ray storyline is but you know deep down it's going to be fake like everything else but there there was a clip of like Kim asking Mason of like, where does Addison sleep? And she goes, well, like, with mommy, like in mommy's bed. And like, I don't even know what they were infer. Like, what were they, what were they even possibly inferring with that? It was, it's very bizarre the way they're marketing this episode. I, I mean, are they trying I, to make Courtney cool? Or are they trying to make her scary? Are they trying to make her like Epstein? What are they doing? Here? I don't know. Like, Cause this is a 41 year old Courtney and a 20 year old Addison Ray who was supposed to be happy to- for Courtney because. Oh, she's finally living her life. Like what? I don't get it. Like she's an 18 year old girl. I can't imagine Addison Ray's people who, you know, were like, oh, go on the Kardashians are going to be happy about that promo either. It was very ominous. It was weird. It really was weird. And it showed Addison Ray like running, like running around like, yay, just very wild. I mean, if we have to watch Courtney learn how to do a TikTok dance, but Courtney, the thing is she, they so they did this fake Courtney Scott storyline this week. and. 
Courtney just, it's like people on Love After Lockup where they're making them act in situations and they're not actors. So Courtney just like smiles through the whole scene because she's like, <laughs> she just smiles weirdly during the whole scene because she knows it's fake. Did you see the TikTok of Courtney, Travis Barker and their kids? Yes. So guys, um, I think this was an Us Weekly article, I believe. Must see TikTok, I believe. Must see TikTok. Was. Where it was Alabama, Travis's, um, I think, 15-year-old daughter that looks 33, um, and uh, I believe uh, Penelope was in the TikTok, and they each had to say, like, what what was it? Like, it was, my- no, it the phone to whoever, and, like, you kind of say something shady, and then it passes the phone, but the best part was at the end, they go to Rain, and he's just dropping F-bombs and twerking, <laughs> and he's, like, six years old. I'm telling you, Rain is, like, Mowgli from the Jungle Book. He's, like, a jungle kid. Like, yeah, when he hadn't is. cut his hair for a long time, he was just, like, I was just, like, this guy would just hop out of nowhere on your back, and you'd be, like, I gotta, I gotta rain on me. Get off, get off. And then Mason's always trying to dance and do TikTok dances, but he's not. Oh my God. I'm my, <laughs> somebody follows Courtney. One of my friends follows Courtney and she had done a bunch of Instagram stories like a month or two ago. And Mason had picked out the music and, um, and my friend was like, he's like, really like got good music taste. He's like really setting a vibe. And I was like, Get, get, I was like, get the fuck out of here. You're talking about an eight-year-old boy. Get that girl, 11-year-old. Get out of here. You, did you just defend Mason's music taste and say it's got a vibe, you know? Like, oh, I mean, God. I listened. It was good music. It was like 70s music. I was like, is it, uh, but I was like, there's no way, Mason. But also, this is now, so Travis Barker and Courtney, uh, Travis, Courtney called Travis Barker her boyfriend in this TikTok as well. So that's huge. But I feel like we are throwing our, passion after the brawl like we're really supposed to get excited about these two like i feel like is this like did are we in the desert and need water is are we that desperate for pop culture people dating that this is any like they both seem like they're silent all the like they're they he he doesn't he doesn't say three words I will say, I mean, I was kind of excited when they were at that fight with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. You're they're buying it. Like, that's that's Illuminati. See the Illuminati? They, I think they're behind this and they got you. They got you. And they had, you had Bachelor Matt James in the background. I mean, it had all of the things oh. that I needed. It had a Kardashian. It had Machine Gun Kelly. You had the Bachelor in the background. I mean, it was the big story this week. Did he shave his beard or not? I mean, that's so that's cool. what I was going to say, Sarah. Big news. Matt James shaved his beard. He had a But then big... it was April Fool's. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, we all fell for it. And then, wait, wait, the other worst, the other horrible April Fool's Day joke was Tori Spelling tried to act like she had was pregnant with her sixth baby. And the thing is, I didn't even care one way or the other. Like, that's like, do it. Like, I did. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't. I saw I, it. I go, could be an April Fool's Day joke. Could not be. Don't care. Won't, lo- won't look into it. You know? I am obsessed with Tori Spelling. Why? It, it stem. I don't know. I like, um, I love nine hundred two one zero, but that that's a thing that she yeah. did. Why would you be obsessed for any other reason besides that show? I mean, I have all five of her books on this bookshelf. I have one book from one of those little lending libraries. I was walking my dog <laughs> once, and I walked by, and I was like, "Oh Great. shit, I gotta take this," you know? Um, no, I have all of her books. I watched all of the Dean reality show nonsense. Um, I think it's like part like I love her because Donna Martin, whatever. And another part is like, I can't look away. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this perfect storm of I I'm obsessed and I have to be. And when she posted that picture, I was like, oh my God, like 
the April Fool's pregnancy thing is so played out and now people get so offended by it, whatever. Like, you oh my know, God, I did. Happen. I Sarah, can I tell you, I'm such a, uh, we'll come back, but I do at it like this. I actually posted an, on April Fool's day of like, I did a thing and posted a baby. And I said, this is my son Cruz. And I did not read any of the trigger warnings from people that I, cause I told my, cause I got somebody that commented like, this wasn't funny. And I said, well, most of the things I do are not funny. And, but also, but it was like, this is, um, you know, to the people that cannot have babies and infertility and stuff. I got to tell you, I had no, and then my friend was like, yeah, didn't you read even like, I read even a lot of people the day before saying, don't do April Fool's Day's jokes about this. And I was like, what? Like, I had not seen any, I had no, like, I'm not even like making this up to try to get sympathy. I, I did not know. I just thought it was a stupid joke about, wouldn't it be funny if all of a sudden I had not talked about having a kid for nine months and then a kid popped up. It's not even a good joke, even as a joke, but I didn't realize on top of it that it offended people that couldn't have children. I was like, what? I, I mean, don't I, know when that started, but I, it's been a couple of years now because every year on April Fool's Day, like I, we get an email, like, remember it's April Fool's Day, like pregnancy. I was like, just like, watch out at the beard. I didn't think, you know, the Matt James of it all. I didn't think was an April Fool's joke. I fell for that one. Most of them though, you have to think about it. And with Tori, I was like, this is a hundred percent. There's no way she's pregnant. Like I don't her and Dean haven't even been seen together in like months. Like there's something sketchy happening there, which I don't know anything about, but that's just what my gut tells me as a Tory, someone who's followed them for a long time. Um, but she then twisted it and tried to blame it on the press saying that because she's gotten body shame since she never got back in shape after baby number five, which I'm sure there's some truth that I I feel horrible, you know, that sucks. But the fact that she's getting backlash for the joke and she's blaming it on us now. It was, it was very ironic. I like the, I like, I like the new thing the last couple of years is shaming the press. Yeah. Like the, you know, you know, it's like fake news, shaming the press, the press are horrible. You know, I just always wonder, there's no star that's ever been like, oh, well, that's actually pretty accurate. Like, uh, I am a, I'm a complete fuck up, you know? Um, yeah. And then it's ironic because they get so mad and they'll clap back on your Instagram comments. And it's so awkward because then other outlets will pick up the clap back and it's like this weird thing. And then the next week you're pitched them to promote their products. And it's like, oh, I thought you were mad at us. So it's like they, it's all a game. We all need each other. You know what I mean? So it's whatever. The only person I feel like who ever leans into that is like, I hate Jana Kramer, but like she is talking about uh, something, made, something her brand. She made her cheating husband her brand. And you can really say anything to her and she will respond. Like she at least acknowledges the fact that this is absurd. But in pop, in pop culture, it is interesting. Now we talked about Demi Lovato and Janet Kramer. It's like, we are entering like a, a a period of time where people are using their faults as their, as a part of their celebrity, as what drives their celebrity. Tori has done too. I mean, if you watch true Tori on Lifetime, that whole show was about Dean cheating on her and it like Dean Sarah, I like that you said if you watch True Tori on like, like I like what five of us like what are you like if you well, I mean the Dean, thing, the Dean thing is hysterical because they met you guys I believe on a lifetime movie or something and it was a made was for with, TV movie in Canada. Oh he was and he was with his ex at the time. Mary Jo so like think about that like think about that like he thinks it's all like hot and heavy and sexy and there's this illicit affair happening with this tory spelling who used to be a big star or who at the time was like what this was like what 12 years ago they got together 2005 2005 (laughs) i mean so back there he thinks he's like oh she's rich she's got a cindy spellings money like this is he was married too yeah, I mean, like, this is the way to go. And then all these years later, like, anytime you see a picture of Dean, he looks like it's like, kill me. If you see me, just kill me. I'm in misery, you know? Oh, my God. Mary Jo, actually, because I've been stalking them because I, I really feel like there's something happening here. So I've been stalking Tori and Dean on Instagram, as one does. Yeah, and why, Mary yeah, jo why would you recently- not? 
just posted a picture his ex-wife with him and their their son and her daughter and it dean he he's got some facial hair work and there's there's yeah. something there's a cry for help yeah i mean i picture at this point he's just like yeah i'll just I'll keep letting the beer grow i'll just keep eating what i want like at this point life's over like i just didn't think he would think he would ever when that affair started that he would eventually be part of like john and kate plus eight you know yeah. I mean, as I said, I've read all of Tori's books, every book, it was kind of like Demi Lovato, like whatever she would say, like in the last book, she was almost contradicting. Like it was, it's like when you're trying to, when your personal life is your brand, but you're also like, are an artist to some degree. I mean, Tori Spelling is known for 90210. Demi Lovato does have a good voice. It's like this weird balance of outdoing yourself in your personal life, but yeah. also then getting offended when people judge your personal life, even though that's why you're like selling this product. So they, it's celebrity. It's the same thing with Jen. I mean, it all comes back to they're in their own world and they think that they're immune to criticism, but they're also opening themselves up to it. So I don't know. Well, I find it interesting, you know, in terms of like pop culture, the sense of like Tori Spelling, you get the sense or any of the 90210 kids um, for a while were like, they were so like, let's try to get the show back on or like Saved by the Bell. Let's try to get the show back on. And the cast members themselves were very active in trying to get reboots happening. You see it with like Cobra Kai or there's all of these you know, where people are begging, like, please, please, because they realize it is so hard to get work in Hollywood, where it's like the thing that they once shunned for making them too famous is something that they want to eventually come back to in their career to make money again, because they realize how hard Hollywood can be. And you see it with every, every possible permutation of that, whether it be movies, TV, music, anything. I mean, yeah, the rewatch podcast is the new thing now. It's, you know, they can't stop. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of Bridgerton, we had a uh, horrible news this week for all the horny male men and female out there that Jean Reguet, uh, Jean, uh, what a uh, wild name. Um, I just learned how to pronounce it last week. He is, uh, they, they, they put out that he is no, he is not going to be a part of Bridgerton season two. Um, Netflix made an announcement and a world mourned. What were your overall thoughts on this? Um, well, I actually was excited when I saw it because Bridgerton hits with our audience very well. So I was like, this is going to be a big traffic driver <laughs> for the day. Um, I, I watched, I think the first five Bridgerton episodes all at once. And I was like half paying attention, half not the accents. Like I'm, I'm not good at shows. I really need to pay attention to not that it's like a complicated plot by any means, but just, there's a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, and I never finished. I have every intention to. Obviously, he's like the hot guy, and I get it. But um, I, from my understanding, the books imply that he wasn't really going to be in it anyway. But people, yeah, are... that's what I heard. That's what I I heard that like I was like, well, was this the plan all along to not have him in the second season because of the books, or did something happen behind the scenes where he was like, no, I'm famous now, I will not be doing your show. I feel like it's both because the thing I don't understand is they announced season two back in January and it's been filming since February and it's April now. So there is a weird disconnect here. Like I almost feel like maybe they were going to try to make him do a couple episodes, but then he was like, no, I mean the SNL hosting, like it was all very unprecedented this overnight sensation yeah. for this guy. Well, they also now the Vegas uh, odd, odds makers, um, they have him like, they had him as like one for seven as being the next James Bond. And then after he did not 
get uh, the second season of Bridgerton. He's not on it. They even lowered the odds. It makes him more of a shoe in for the James Bond, according to Vegas uh, odds makers, which I love when Vegas bookies bet weird shit like this, like about pop culture. They're like, will Justin Bieber's new album be fire? Two to one odds, you know? Um, I get pitches all the time during The Bachelor's airing of like, this is what Vegas thinks, who Vegas thinks is going to get the hometown date next week or who's going to get, who's going to wear this or whatever. And I'm like, or you can just read Reality Steve and, and know where to bet your money. That would be like, that would be great. Like I, I'm less not a man in any kind of way and let I like sports or anything. But what if I go to Vegas and I just bet weird bets like that? I'm like, I'm a huge Vegas gambler. And then I just bet like Bachelor and and. Right, like Matt James is going to wear another turtleneck. <laughs> so we don't have any... Um, we don't have any news on why this happened. If it was Netflix, if it was him. Um, it just feels weird that they wouldn't have had this, this cast signed to, you know, when most people sign contracts, you'll sign at least a three to five year deal um, right off the top. Like the friends cast signed away five years right off the top. Uh, I just, it shocks me that that didn't happen. So I was wondering, did they release him from a contract to do a film? Like, will he be back or is this done done? I feel, yeah, I mean, that's so true. I think on like network TV, you watch all those, you know, your gossip girl or whatever, they all had to sign six years of their lives away. And that's why those yeah. shows are almost exactly six seasons kind of to a degree because they don't want to do more. Or you have like Nina Dobrev leave the Vampire Diaries at season six. And then the people who wanted to stick around and make a little bit more money did the last two. And that's usually what it is. So for this, I feel like they must've maybe, it probably was a combo. They didn't really know how big this show was going to get. I mean, it was Shonda, it was Netflix, it's, you know, sex, like you were saying, it had everything yeah. you needed, but I think maybe he, they wanted him back, even though they're, they're, they probably sold it to him as a one season show. Cause then next season we'll move on to be about the brother, whoever, but then because it was so popular, I'm sure they did everything they could to try to get him to agree to a yeah. limited thing. And he was like, no. Wow. I, that, that just fascinates me for like, I, I would love to know, and I'm sure we'll find out more information as uh, time, time goes on about this. Now, Sarah, you host a bachelor podcast. I know you love the franchise. Do wait, do you love the franchise or is it now just something that's a part of you? No, I, it's both. I, I have, I love it. I have some, I go through phases when I'm like, I really don't want to watch this show right now, but usually when I turn it on, I get sucked in again. I'm a sucker. <laughs> I'm a sucker. You know what I love is that like, you could be jaded for what you do and you're not, you seem really like, you seem like you really like love all of this stuff. I mean, genuinely. And that's what I love. I mean, I love that. I love people that are like unabashedly, like, this is great. Like I love fandom. I love all of that stuff. And you seem like you have more of that than just like, you know how dickhead celebrities are, you know? I mean, you have to, you have, I mean, this job, people can say what they want about it. I'm not saying I'm saving lives by any means, but I work a lot of long hours and I do a lot of stuff in my off time. I read these stupid celebrity memoirs and I could half-ass it and not, but I do it. And then I, I'm like, why did I just spend my whole weekend, you know, reading whatever, but I always do it and I never regret it. It, it I get sucked in. I can't help it. And I'm lucky that that's what I'm getting paid to do. So I, yeah, I try I to mean stay positive. <sighs> Like I said, you're a hero of mine. Like, I'm just like, whoa, you know, every time I'll click on the article now to see if it's your name or not. And then sometimes I'll be like, should have used Sarah for this one? I don't like the, or sometimes I like when I'm they do it now. I do a lot of editing. Okay. Too, well, I wish they would credit the, the editor. I wish that, but well, I like when it's um, us weekly, when it'll be like us, us weekly team, I think. Us, is weekly, what they, staff. us weekly staff. Cause then I'm like, oh shit, this is like justice league this is like the avengers like team coverage 
on this article with the Us Weekly staff, you know? A lot um, of times that'll be stuff that was like updated, like those really long, like those where are they now, those really long galleries that it's like so many people have touched them over the years that it doesn't really make sense to have someone's name on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I, well, you just ruined what I wanted it to be. I thought it was like people like ch- chipping in of like, let's do this team. Um, Sometimes that too, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. So The Bachelor in terms of, so we had what I thought was one of the weakest seasons with Matt James and there were so many, so many issues behind it. Uh, Matt James seems like he might've been affected for life. He seems like he's, he's been touched in a certain way where it's just like, I don't know if I'll ever be the same, but what I found interesting that I haven't got to talk about on this show yet was that Chris Harrison, of course, got himself into hot water. He uh, was the voiceover of After the Final Rose, but he was not the host. Emmanuel Aiko, I believe, Acho. or I, I, Acho, uh, which I thought he did a very good good job. Uh, really, he grew on me throughout the hour, and I really uh, thought he did a hard job and a great job at it. It was a hard job and did a great job at it. But what I found interesting was a week or two later, Chris Harrison lawyered up. Mm-hmm. So Chris Harrison all of a sudden got a high profile, high power attorney when nothing has happened yet. So yes, this is can. almost like Laura Wasser when Kim put her on retainer as a divorce attorney a year ago. What what is going on that Chris Harrison needs a lawyer? I have my own theories. What's yours? I mean, the thing is, he hired the same lawyer that Gabrielle Union used to sue NBC when she was on America's Got Talent and was saying that she was being mistreated and there were microaggressions and it was an unhealthy work environment and her concerns weren't being met and that whole messy case. So the fact that he hired the same lawyer as her implies that he feels as though he was mistreated by the network, by the show. He's a producer on the show. He's very He's been very involved on the show. But my confusion about that is because he's been so involved on the show, if he's attacking the show, he's kind of attacking himself. Because this is a show he has worked on and developed and since day one, since day one. Right. So I think yeah. he's going to say that they mistreated the way he was his like because he stepped away, and I think maybe they told him this is all speculation. I don't know this. Yeah. Maybe they told him this is what's going to happen. You're going to miss this episode. You're going to go on Good Morning America. You're going to apologize. We're going to have your back. You're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna go on Good Morning America, and make it worse, and then you're right, gonna come back. Yeah. Michael Strahan literally call you out <laughs> yeah. in front of you. Um, Imagine being called out by Mike Michael Strahan, like a pretty soft, like he's not like a hardcore like asshole reporter. Like imagine Michael Strahan calling you out, you know? Yeah, I mean Michael Strahan literally hung up with that interview, and it was like that was BS. And it yeah, was he was like, I don't believe it about a racial controversy. It was a disaster. Oh, honestly. Yes. Um, but my theory was that did he do it because? he's most likely going to be let go. I I think and he's, he's lawyering up to like, be like that would, that's completely unfair. Like, I just feel like when uh, Mr. H.O. Uh, uh, replaced him and did a good job, I feel like, Oh, well now, like I said before, you never want to show your bosses that your job can be done just as good and cheaper, you know? Yeah. And I don't even think it's a, a, a racial thing with uh, ABC, but I would imagine that they're looking at the dollar signs and going, oh, well, Chris might be really, you know, we don't need him any longer. And Chris lawyers up for that reason. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting because we know that two former Bachelorettes are hosting the season of The Bachelorette they're filming right it's now. Tasha and... Tasha and Caitlin Bristow. Okay. So Tasha was our most recent Bachelorette and Caitlin Bristow was, I believe, Bachelorette 11. Because <laughs> this is sick that I know this. Perfect. She was 2015, I want to say. And she was with her guy for like three years, but they broke up and now she's dating someone else in The Bachelor. But... We're going to see how this goes, because in the if you read the comments, people are like, 
I'm not watching without Chris and getting all defensive. I don't believe them. I feel as though the numbers are probably going to be on par to other bachelorette seasons. If they're not, maybe they will go back to him, but I could see them doing this rotating bachelor leads in and out, like not having like a permanent post. Yeah. I mean, and the ratings were really down for this season. So at this point, the ratings keep, I mean, and I know it was a pandemic season, but the ratings keep going down. And also I just don't know why then all of a sudden they threw two bachelorettes. They're going to make two bachelorettes for this. They're going to have two separate seasons where I'm just like, people were just flooding the market with this stuff. Like, I mean, it's just coming from all every, I feel like, do you feel like that's too much two bachelorette seasons? Yeah, I think they're just, they were trying to end this season on a positive note so badly. And I think once they realized they got, they started, you know, met up with Matt again, they realized this after the final rose was not going to be tied together with a bow. There wasn't going to be a hug between Rachel and Matt. They weren't getting back together. That door was closed Um, and they wanted a way to spin it. And I think they already had committed to Katie, but Michelle was the one who just, you know, got dumped and is very beloved. So that's always the best method to go with like the most recent breakup fresh in our mind, pick that girl give her her time. (laughs) She's a teacher and apparently didn't want to do it right away. And they're going to throw in paradise in the middle. So that means from my calculations, we will have the bachelorette airing from end of May to usually July paradise in August, Michelle's season starting in September. Wait, so we have, we have confirmation for paradise. I mean, basically. That's, I'm giving you confirmation. See, that's what I like because you get all this, like, you know, you get because Bachelor Nation has been out of work for like a, a year now. You need these guys to come out of like their their pandemic retirements and like start making out with each other without masks on. And I know, I mean, that's just that to me is that Bachelor Nation Bachelor in Paradise is more exciting to me than the Bachelor now, or the thought of it, I guess. Um, okay, moving on. Haley Bieber rocks a little black dress as she kicks off her weekend with a glass of wine. Days after talking about quitting Twitter for her mental health. Now, this is just like a like cast off Daily Mail articles. Um, but I love that. I Haley, I almost feel like she's going to be like Gen Z's Jackie O, you know, like where it's just like she's doesn't. We don't really know what Haley does except for like stand by her man. Mm-hmm. And then eventually one day I just wonder like. When will, when will Haley fly free? And I don't mean break up with Justin, but I do mean like, what do you do Haley besides sit? I mean, like, and I'm, I, I think she's beautiful. She seems really nice. I don't know anything about her. Like other than that, what, what would you want to see something out of Haley Peeper? I have two things to say about this. First of all, I mean, she's been on the cover of every magazine in the past two years and every single story, cause I have to read them all are the same. And every single thing is the headline is the real Mrs. Bieber. Like get to know what happens when <laughs> Mrs. Bieber, what it's really like. And every single story yeah. is the same. She takes them to like color me mine and, or to lunch. And they're like, Oh, she's so sweet. And she just cares so much about Justin. And she is like <laughs> stepping out on her own. And it's always the same BS research like over and over again. And then she launches this YouTube channel a couple weeks ago. And when I tell you that I watched the stupid who's in my bathroom with Kendall Jenner and I couldn't believe what I was watching, but I also couldn't look away. They made mac and cheese in the bathroom. It was so stupid. Kendall cried. It was insane. And I'm like, where Wait, the what did hell Kendall is cry the next- about? What did Kendall cry about? They were playing Never Have I Ever. And first of all, Ken- they got drunk in 10 seconds because they both weigh nothing. And yeah. they were drinking Kendall's tequila, of course. Oh, God. 818, and baby. in the bathroom. Yeah. They're in the bathroom. And the Never Have I Ever was Never Have I Ever Saved Myself for Marriage. And Kendall like went to drink and then she was like, wait. And then Haley's like, have you been married? And then Kendall was like, no one's ever proposed. And she literally started crying, like half kidding, half not. 
You have to watch this video, right? It is, it is insane. And I'm very upset. I was talking to Dylan from Betches about this. Yes, two days, a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, they, I they love haven't Dylan. put out more. He's hilarious. They haven't put out more content. How, with this big YouTube launch, I mean, if you're going to launch a YouTube channel in 2021, like, first of all, you're behind because they all are whatever, but she's Haley Bieber. She can do whatever she wants. And she had like a full team in there. Like it was like a full production in her bathroom and there has not been another episode since. And this was like a month ago. And if we're like launch- her bathroom, her bathroom's bigger than my house. Like that's, I mean, like that's full team in there. That's probably was, a huge bathroom. Oh, it was huge. It was, and it was so stupid, but it has like 10 million views. And I'm like, where's the next episode? Why aren't we capitalizing on the what's who's in my bathroom thing? <sighs> And I also, I think who's in my bathroom, it should go like, kind of like, it should get political. Like it should be like, oh, Matt Gates is in my bathroom. Like weird people that you don't expect. And like, you know, Willie Nelson's in my bathroom, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, she must, her friends must've declined or something because we've only gotten one episode <laughs> and it was Kendall. And I'm like, how did we not have a bunch scheduled for the you rollout? Know, that was also the worst during the pandemic. They did a, um, like Justin and Haley and Kendall did a FaceTime once and they did like a 45 minute FaceTime and like, they're talking about going to church and stuff. And it was it's pretty boring. And I feel pretty, I felt by the end, I was like, I felt pretty guilty for watching. I was like, you're an older dude. You shouldn't be watching shit like that. You got to grow up. This is not, you know, um, huge news, uh, out there for Jax Taylor and anybody else who loves this show. Uh, a TV show friends reunion is set to start filming next week at the original Warner brothers soundstage in LA where they initially, uh, filmed. This was after the pandemic delayed the project by months. This is a HBO Max project, and they did this the same thing with uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but they are reuniting the Friends cast, and they got something insane. Like they got an insane amount of money each one of these people for doing it. But it's basically Ellen DeGeneres, I believe, is still slated to do the interview. Uh, but it's just an interview with all of them. Like it's not. I'm so I, sick of hearing about this. Well, that's what I. I mean, are we? Are we? Do we? I mean. I don't want to be mean to, but do we care? Like, I I just, I like the show friends. I have nothing. I watched every episode. I've seen it. If it comes on TV, sometimes I'll stop and watch it. And, but I have no, there's no part of me of like the magic to see them in that room together. I will just like, maybe it will be like, I, maybe it will be amazing, but I just, it doesn't even strike me as something like, I'm like, Oh, they haven't done that in a while. Like, Oh, I was like, Oh, are you sure? It seems like access Hollywood did. So, I mean, like it doesn't sound special at all. I imagine this is because I, I think it was um, David Schwimmer teased something like maybe we'll be in character. I bet it's going to like open with them sitting there like in like a fake central perk, like in character for like uh, a 30 second. Minute. This is all speculation. I'm just guessing. No, I think And you're then right. they'll like pretend and they'll be like smelly cat and like say all the dumb shit. And then it'll like zoom out and Ellen will be there and they'll like talk about the show. Yeah. So that first 30 seconds will be the thing that'll be talked about for, yeah. And then, well, the only, the other thing I want to find out about like, is like what Matthew Perry looks like, you know, Matthew Perry goes up and down and not in terms of like weight, but also just like in terms of like, you know, his drug addiction, he had a lot of health issues. Uh, you know, you'll sometimes like get paparazzi shots and his nails are like really long, like just weird, weird things. And like Matthew Perry is so funny. So it's like, I always see those articles and that's like, you know, those people like start where you're like, no, that not that person getting involved with drugs or something, you know, you're like, there's certain people that not are Chandler. more sacred. Well, I don't want to say more sacred. Everybody's a beautiful but- butterfly, but it's people that are like, per- you're like, oh, that hurts me for some reason. You know, I think it's honestly going to probably make people more sad than they think to look at this group of people all together. Cause again, very talented that show iconic, of course, 
but like the women have not aged and the men have aged a little on the rougher side, whatever, not age shaming here. But I think it kind of ruins the magic sometimes to see all these people together. Like every once in a while, you'll get a reunion where you're like, oh, like this, like I remember when they did the Dawson's Creek, like Entertainment Weekly cover and they all were still beautiful. And it was like- Yeah, everybody loved that cover, yeah. Yeah, that was iconic because they all still like looked good and it was like just the perfect- It wasn't a moving picture. It was a a still picture, you know? So that would be one thing. I don't think we need this. I really don't think people are going to like it as much as they think they will. Well, also like, I mean, what do you, I mean, I hope it's not like, I mean, what are they going to do? Secrets revealed? Like, is Jen going to be like, yeah, I, I used to- I used to, uh, I used to bang Matthew Perry. Nobody knew it. Like, I mean, is it going to be like secrets revealed that we're like, oh, I didn't want to know that at all. Like, it's probably going to be like, remember that take or like watching blueprint. I don't know. It's yeah, so not necessary. It seems... um, okay. So moving on as we start uh, wrapping up, Britney Spears denies makeup artist Billy Brasfield's claim. She personally told him she had no control over that controversial Instagram post. I'm not sure who he is talking to quote. Now I did this story on the podcast earlier this week with uh, Brittany's Instagrams over her reaction to watching the uh, Brittany unframed documentary on FX from the New York times. And um, she wrote this long post saying that she had not, she'd only seen a bit of it, but it made her very sad and it portrayed her in a certain light. And I was very confused by that because I thought it painted her in a really good light. Um, and then a makeup artist said, well, that, you know, she's not in control of her own Instagram posts. And now Brittany's saying she is, but how do we know that the Brittany that's saying she is, is not the people that are doing her Instagram. But like, what is your theory on all of this? Do you have any kind of reaction to it? Um, I mean, when she posted that Instagram, I was like, okay, this and the is one with the dead, thought- the dead skeleton baby. Yeah. And then yeah. I saw Chriselle was commenting from Selling yeah. Sunset. Thing. Selling Sunset like, tried to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, post a video of you typing instead of dancing and we'll know it's you. And I'm like, oh, Chriselle. And then her, Chriselle's comment was deleted. So then Chriselle, you know, had to speak out. Yeah. Chriselle like, went, uh, yeah. Chriselle And by the way, this will probably be a whole episode on Selling Sunset. They're like, we've got a plot finally. Good. Which, like, when, like, the, like the season three or, or what, two of Selling Sunset, when, like, that, oh, Us Weekly was a plot line because they were fighting yeah. over why Heather was getting coverage. That was hilarious. Well, then, wait, by the way, that was the fakest scene you got. Well, because they all, and they admitted it was fake that they had to film it later where they all got uh, alerts on their phone. They're like, oh my God. And they all get the alert. Like we all got like that. It was groundbreaking news everywhere that everybody got a push alert about their divorce, you know? Yeah, ridiculous. Um, But with Britney, I mean, I don't know because then having her talk to TM, when, when I saw the TMZ like exclusive and like someone at Britney tells us, I was like, why is Britney talking to TMZ? But I don't know. The whole thing confuses me. I don't know what to believe because I also read the court documents where her lawyers were like thanking the free Britney movement yes, and like yes, her fans. Yep, so that's yep. why I am confused. But also I think maybe she just doesn't like, like, I remember we all heard all this stuff. Like she doesn't really get why people are mad at Justin Timberlake. Like she doesn't want this revolution in that way. I think she just wants to like distance from her dad and control of her life back. Yeah. So I don't think she wants all of this, like, all the stuff being digged like dug up from like these old interviews and whatever. Like, she doesn't want to cancel Justin Timberlake. She doesn't want that. And I think maybe that's more what she's talking about. Like she's not this weak woman who people are, you know, taking things on, but who knows? It's impossible to know it what's just, really going on. There's such a shroud of mystery. And at the same time, maybe it is on the surface level and it is what it, the, everybody's saying it is. I'm just so confused by any of it. And then I'm like, wait a sec. I thought we were all on the same page about wanting you out of the conservatorship. Then like, wait, uh, like, are you cool? Like you're just dancing around with smeared mascara all the time. Like, I don't know. Like I, I, you're always dancing in your foyer too. Like it's not even a dance studio. You're dancing on like marble slabs. I I, I just like, can you, can you understand why we're worried, Brittany? Like I, I, it's, it's like, 
but it's also one of those things of like, why, why post anything? Like I always, I don't get with any celebrity is that like, like even Jen Shaw this week, why keep posting? Like why, what, what possible good can come out of any of you making any kind of statement, you know? Literally nothing. Cause it just brings more attention to it. And then people are going to pick apart your statement and the more speculation, whatever. Um, they think they're taking back the narrative, but half the time they're usually making it worse. And then like my favorite is when celebrities announce like social media breaks from the hate. Yeah. And then they are back like two days later. Like I have a, I have a, like a list on us weekly of like the shortest social media breaks of all time. And Hilaria Baldwin was three hours. <laughs> so like they set themselves up for this. She, she's number one, or as she would say, Uno. Exactly. Um, Okay, so the last story before we get to uh, what to, what's coming up this week, um, it says "Cash Cash Me Outside" girl Danielle Bad Barbie Brigoli makes one million in just six hours after creating an X-rated OnlyFans account days after her 18th birthday. So Bad Barbie, the Cash Me Outside girl, made a million dollars in a day on OnlyFans, beating uh, Bella Thorne's record. I guess she said, and. That's infuriating. I that don't even know. I mean, it's very upsetting. Like, I I mean, like she posted a shot of her bank account. I mean, it's supposedly real. And what I mean, what I don't even know what to react, what to say. Like, this is where we are as a society. And is it did I mean, is she posting X-rated stuff? I can't say I've been following her much. I didn't know if the Us Weekly it was, it was a uh, team report on this or anything. Yeah, I'm sure we need to get together, I guess, yeah. and, and unite. I mean, OnlyFans. Wait, wait. You yeah. know what, Sarah? I'll tell you what. I'll I'll join and I'll tell you what I see, and maybe I can be quoted for Us Weekly Perfect. on this story. Yeah. Um, Eyewitness. Yeah, but it it just shocks me that that is that is now another form of pop culture is uh, going on OnlyFans for the first time and making more money than these women can make anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, good for her. I get like, it's insane, but it's also like people are paying for it. It's not because people are always blaming, you know, the me, you make stupid people famous. So I was like, no, you make the stupid people famous. We, like I said to you last time I talked to you, we write about things people care about. We, we yeah. keep covering celebrities yes. that do well. It's a cycle and they're doing well because you're reading it. You're clicking it. You're buying the magazine. You're going on OnlyFans. So it's all, everyone's doing it to each other. And that's why I always find it ironic when people like blame the media for making stupid people famous. It's like, no, you did that all on your own. Yeah. We helped, but you did that. I would love to get Dr. Phil's reaction on this. It's uh, a very pretty yeah. girl. Very pretty girl. Yeah, you know he is. Um, okay, so um, oh, actually the, the thing you had said last time, which I was shocked about in terms of like what what gets traffic on your site. You said summer house had not been doing good this season. The last time you were on here, has that held true? I do have to say, I've seen a, a dearth in summer house postings on us weekly. I think now that I think about it. So is that you guys aren't doing a lot of stories. Hannah's engagement kind of opened that up to a little bit more um, because of people were confused with the timeline of it all. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I love Summer House. We try sometimes. Um, I have a few Summer House. I'm catching up with some of them in the coming weeks. So you'll see some stuff coming out because their finale is not that far away. Don't say that. Don't I say know. that. What do, you, what do you mean? I I feel like it's one of my favorite shows. I'm so bummed. Like I wanted to do good on Us Weekly. Yeah, like, no, I, it really just depends. It's hit or miss. We did a lot of coverage. Before. I think maybe we oversaturated it because we did so much when the show first started we, and we talked to like every cast member and then it some of them were, did well and others didn't. But I think... 
we we did that we had their mid-season trailer and that did really well but it also they you know it's the same thing these promo trailers have really been pissing me off lately they're because they're fake they fake yeah, you we, out i mean i think my headline was something about a pregnancy scare and the Lindsay and luke thing because it was before we knew it was the psychic and i guess there was the pregnancy scare this week but it, it the trailers have been really good and i feel as though i'm doing my i'm helping them mislead because we're like breaking them and i'm writing these headlines that are based on the trailer but not True. So I don't know, but Summer House, I mean, it's so good, but yeah. there's not much time left. And one of your biggest stories always is the Royals. And you guys have probably been like just in a, a like pig and shit right now with uh, Harry and Meghan and that, that after aftermath, right? Oh my God. Never ending. I mean, we have, you know, a decent amount of Royal sources on the Will and Kate side. And, you know, you hear things and God, it's been a lot. I feel like that Oprah thing, I can't believe it was only a month ago. It feels like it was. So like years off my life already. Yeah. Did you see Bo Clark even commented and that made some kind of like a uh, story of, yeah. And he was like, he called Harry like a pussy or something like that. And I was like, no, was, I didn't see that. Yeah. It was, I just saw that like yesterday. Um, uh, okay. So in terms of what's coming up this week, or like, I asked you like, what are your top stories in your head? I mean, we might've covered them already. And is there anything coming up this week that you're, you're looking forward to? Yeah, or we covered your- most of them. I did want to say I'm loving Jersey. Um, Jersey had a great episode this week, but I feel like it's uneven in the sense that that first 15 minutes was so strong that it almost like carried me through the rest. Like Jennifer Aiden and Margaret Joseph's got into a fight at the end. I didn't really even care at that point. Like I'd already had my fight button pushed in the first thing. So I was like, Oh, I got my endorphin rush right there. And mm-hmm. I didn't even care for, you know, but I thought that first 15 minutes, I thought was amazing. You know, it's weird. Cause it all always comes back to like the Gorga Judice family dynamic and it's like it's kind of one of those things where i'm like i'm over it because it's like whatever but then they suck me back in too like we had did you read this quote that joe judice gave one of my coworkers about John no Melissa? what 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 yeah quote, this was from the bahamas right after he saw Teresa, he's talking to one of my coworkers and said on the record joe gorga has a lot of anger built in because of his doing he needs to be truthful with himself and america as for melissa and joe they will never be us because they are fake my parents their their parents lost everything because of joe gorga Teresa and i had to help care for them throughout our marriage this is why we were close to her parents she cared for her parents joe didn't help Teresa really didn't work out work it all out for her parents but joe gorga was always putting down her family melissa and he have been writing our back for years enough that's a really long quote. Oh my God. He, well, he had some time that day. It's going to be good because the press were stirring the pot. So I, 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 the only, the only thing that's missing is that like, and I sent him a neck massager from my personal collection of exactly. vibrators. Um, That's wild that he said that. And I was also, what is that? I mean, if any of that's true, like did Joey Gorga like do something to his parents in the early days that broke them or something? Like, I don't know. I was trying to make sense of the statement and I was like, I feel like they keep implying. Cause even on the show, when they keep bringing up the parents, it's like, because their mother died not long after Teresa got out of jail. So she lost all that time. Cause that's really, they've all they've ever really said about the jail thing. Like how it's Joe Judas's fault. Cause it's kind of yeah. bizarre. Did you see this week that he, that, that, Teresa's new boyfriend they all had dinner together and yes, I was I, I was felt I felt very uncomfortable and also uh, also I feel like with the prison thing prison and then you get to go to Italy in the Bahamas like you can't come back to America but he seems like he's doing great you know he's, he's come a long way that Joe Judice I mean Wait, did, I don't know am I, am I, did I mishear you did he bring up America in the statement about Joe Gorga he did he said and I quote he needs to be truthful with himself and America 
America. <laughs> this just goes on the theme of angry ex-house husbands, because I don't know if you also saw this, that whole David Bedore, Leslie over the Cook, baby. Yeah, drama. yeah, yeah. The this baby statement gift. that David Bedore gave us weekly. I've rec- This is like, it's just like how the district attorney was shady. Like they start off strong or they get shady from the beginning and they just go off the rails. Like this says, quote, I've requested Shannon stop talking to Les- Le- about Leslie and I multiple times and threatening, and I'm threatening to sue her. Leslie is not and never was on a reality show, although she'd be far more entertaining. She does not deserve <laughs> the hate and the lies my ex-wife puts out there. Leslie and the kids do not deserve it. So he's saying like, she's above reality TV, but she'd be better. <laughs> I love that she kind of, yeah, gives a tip of the hat to Leslie of like, he goes, and babe, look what I wrote about you. And she's like, I would be entertaining. Thank you. And then they go and strip in the woods and take photos. That naked photo shoot in the woods to this day, that is, by the way, you guys need to find a way to revisit those naked photos in the woods. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course I know what you're talking about. Okay. 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 I was like, I well, you, I, for sometimes (laughs) see me say naked man in the woods might be a little jarring if you don't know. I can't get that image out of my head. It is. It is. Ingrained. My one of my favorite memes that I've ever done was I did Taylor Swift's uh, ever uh, folklore cover, and then I, I had that. a black and white David and let's see. Um, okay, anything else that you're looking forward to in the this week? Is there anything TV wise? Is there anything coming out movies or pop culture wise? Um, Music? Anything? To come full circle, the final Demi Lovato. Uh, YouTube, yeah. Final, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I'm even watching. I feel like the like summer house, like we said, um, I'm pretty over Dallas. I actually fell off Atlanta. Should I get back on? Well, Atlanta had a good episode this past episode, but it's kind of for me like Jersey where it's not like there are really bright moments where I'm enjoying and I'm kind of like not expecting much. So, but it's, it's not like cohesively like chugging along. Like a show like summer house to me is like, just like, wow, it's just really just, off to the races it's going uh I'm trying to think what other but like those shows i feel like i don't worry about at all i can kind of get swept away in the magic you know top chef premiered this week and you always forget a show like top chef is on bravo because it actually involves real people with real skills like housewives and all that stuff it's not like a great deal of skill and these people are like making these artistic and it's almost like you're like am i watching this on the right network like it is reality show but it's like you it almost makes you feel like collegiate in a way watching bravo like look at me smart as shit watching chefs do their work you know it's not the end because they had summer house delayed and i didn't know it was starting at 9 15 so i caught the end of top chef i also have been debating watching the challenge all-star og thing on paramount plus i I watched it i watched it the other night so you guys, they did a, I talked about this on the show multiple times, all-star challenge on Paramount plus where they have the real world homecoming that I've fall. I love that show so much, but uh, yeah, the challenge all-stars, it was good to see a lot of familiar faces from your past, from the past, uh, all the real worlds and, and road worlds challenges. Um, but I will say, I got to try to watch it again. I kind of started zoning out halfway through because I want to get more into when they start having interpersonal relationships. And this was the first episode where they're all like, you know, seeing each other for the first time and stuff. So it was really cool. I cannot wait to see where it goes, but I love stuff like this. I want to encourage, like, I love that we might be in a potential age where people are, just like I was talking about with the nostalgia things of like 90210 and Saved by the Bell, they're doing that now with reality shows, which is exciting that we have that kind of history where they can like hit it up for nostalgia. Um, I mean, I will not rest until Target has a graphic tee of the real world or road rules. Like they have every other graphic tee. Why? Or could you imagine if you went to Target and they had a real housewives section? I wouldn't, they probably only sell it for 
girls and they'd be against guys like me getting it, but I'd probably buy a large girl's top or something. Um, the last thing I'll say, did you watch um, Soleil Moonfries Kid 90 on Hulu? I did. I, I did. That was a big recommendation here over at So Bad It's Good. What did you think of it? I loved it. I just watched it and I never watched Punky Brewster because it reminds me of Ruby, whatever. But I obviously the Brian Austin Green was great. I thought it was, so I feel like Soleil Moonfry, like the last, she basically at the end of that was like the last 20 years of my life have been a lie. She just got divorced and she like wishes she was back in this age of like with these well, dialects. She, uh, it's insane. It, 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 it almost, and it's only guys, it's only like 80 minutes. It's like 85 minutes. It, it, it's, it's almost like a, like a weird poem or some sort. Like there's like a weird, like, it's not a, it's like a, there's a vibe in it where I can't really, it's not your normal thing, but you have DiCaprio in it. You have all these kids growing up as Hollywood actors. Charlie Sheen took her virginity, you guys. Like, I mean, it, and it's like salacious, but at the same time, there's like this beautiful thing of like, you know, she, and she kind of interconnected with like, like a, like a, a skateboard circle that were like famous. Like she had all these kind of different groups of people. She was hooking up with one of the rappers in house of pain. Like it Wild. was, it really was, but it was, they had a really beautiful elements and shows you like how we are all kind of lost in a way. And uh, I, I, it was really surprisingly kind of just beautiful and touching. And, but, it, but then you got to have celebrity cameos like Brian Austin Green or Steven Dorff or people like, yeah, we all used to hang out, you know, like it, it was crazy. I really liked it. Charlie Sheen also gave us weekly a quote. Yes. After, he called Soleil a good egg. And he was like, I wish her the best in this resurgence of hers. I was like, another shady statement. Oh, he means I used an egg on her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, oh, this is what I want to tell you is that I thought this was an April Fool's Day prank, but it turns out it is not. Peacock, uh, NBC streaming service, April 12th is launching the Real Housewives channel. Oh, I missed this. Yeah, April 12th is the premiere date where I guess they will put all of their Housewives thing under one channel. I don't know what that means exactly. I don't even know what it, I thought Peacock was streaming, so I don't know yeah. what a channel really means. I don't know if just all their stuff is going to be on a dedicated page, but I'm excited to, to find out, I guess. But this is where you guys, it's important that we get familiar with this because this is where the all-star housewives is going to air. This is where real housewives of Miami reboot is going to air. And you guys, I'm covering real housewives of Miami on the Patreon, but you can watch it on the Bravo TV app. I do not know why it's not on Peacock since they're going to be airing the reboot on Peacock. I hope the channel means we can click on it and like press like a randomization and it'll just like give us a random, like, here you go. Watch scary Island. Here you go. Oh watch my this. God. Like, so almost like a Pandora for real housewives. Yeah. That's what Genius. I hope it is. Genius. Oh my God. If it's not, they should take this idea and pay me for it. <laughs> um, Okay, well, we did it again, Sarah. You are one of the, I could have talked to you for another hour. I did. I feel like I, I hate talking to you because I feel like I barely scratched the surface on anything. Like I barely, like there's like 30 more things because you could just talk to you about like the air, you know, and you would, well, you would make also, it interesting. I'm very bad at taking, whatever you say, I'm like, well, can we talk about Janet Kramer instead? Like I'm always like, oh, I love that. I mean, that that's my favorite thing is when people like not bring things to the table, but it's like pop culture is like, that's what conversation should be like. It should go from one thing to the next. There should be really, there should just be a flow of just pop culture information. And so you, you want people listening going, oh, I knew that. Or, huh, I didn't know that piece. And then you'll go to the piece that they don't do know. And you're like, ah, oh, I feel good. I know that piece. That's, but there's just so much happening. It's ever evolving. Like, that's the thing is that you do not know what this week will have in store for you. It could be the craziest week of your life, or it could be the easiest week of your life, you know? And we've been through 2021 has been, it's been heavy. And then last week, 
or two weeks ago was pretty lame the last week of March and then April started off strong. So who knows? Shaw, yeah. And I can't believe the Shaw thing is going to be around for a while. Cause the trial is not until October 18th. And it'll probably is, be pushed back. Cause they're always pushed back. I, I just don't know at this point. It's like, so now they just get to get out and they got to, I mean, just going to be free for, and I don't know, just walk amongst us. Yeah. Any, anyways, Jen Shaw is going to fight this. She says she is not guilty and um, I guess innocent until proven guilty, but nobody, in the housewives sphere, it not, nothing surprises me. So me either. I can't uh, wait to. I can't wait for that show to come back. Sarah, what? Uh, where do we find you? Uh, you are a writer editor on Us Weekly, and your podcasts are hot Hollywood for Us Weekly, and uh, for the right reasons on Us, Us Weekly. Uh, is there anything else coming up that we need to know about or support you with? Um, no, The Bachelor's not on, but I'm still doing two episodes a week on here for the right reasons. We do Tuesday interviews with old Bachelor contestants, and I'm actually going to do a cover a couple other reality shows just to fill the time. And then Friday, we do news episodes of here for the right reasons, breaking down all those, you know, really deep headlines. I, Sarah, I want on your podcast. I want on an Us Weekly official podcast. I'm telling you. Are you are invited. You I'm are invited. I'm telling you. Right I, that's on my vision board to be as affiliated with Us Weekly. So would you rather do an episode when the show's on and recap? it or just come on and shoot the shit on here for the right reasons i can do i'm good with either like i can make anything work that's my whole thing is i will give me give me the shittiest week you have and i will make it gold i will i will i will make that us weekly staff go like who's this guy who is this guy (laughs) (laughs) um oh i love you sarah so sarah uh, where do we find you on instagram sarah Sarah heron h-e-a-r-o-n not to be confused with the bachelor girl that's also named sarah How dare you, Bachelor Girl? Um, Well, we will talk to you in another month and a half, I'm sure. Please. Betches.